All right, boys, it's uh, it's that magical time of year, as it is every year. It's time to summon the holiday demon, the Krampus. Ooh. Who has the Krampus summoning supplies? Um, I don't know, actually. I forgot to bring them. I, I went, well, I take it back. I have my own version of uh, starting supplies. Are we, are we bringing I Mexican went... Krampus onto the podcast? We've never done that before. I'm not sure either of us speak enough Spanish to do that. No, 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 no. I'm bringing Gamer Krampus. So, As I we all off- know, Krampus is already a gamer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was never a question. No, no, no. This is very much, uh, I went and got the finest breakfast this morning, which is mm. a Taco Bell breakfast. Um, <laughs> I thought you said finest, and- not like trying to poison yourself in preparation to meet No, Krampus. this is the finest the finest breakfast. Is your logic that, like, if, you're, if your blood is just 100% toxins, Krampus won't eat you for your sins? <laughs> no, I'm kind of looking forward to making sure that he has all the, all the proper gaming supplements. Ah, so your goal is, like, you're, you're, you're maxing calories where Krampus has the will to go through. You, Got it. Got you know, it. You know how you marinate a steak before you cook it? This is, I'm giving myself a gamer marinade. So, I started off my morning with a good Taco Bell breakfast. And I chased it down with a Mountain Dew Kickstart, uh, which is their breakfast Mountain Dew that you could get in the morning. Why get orange juice when you can get a fucking Mountain Dew Kickstart? Um, I've also been marinating myself, so I haven't showered in the last three days, um, just to make sure I have the right amount of pungentness for Krampus should he come and get me uh, today. Everything yes, about I, this ew, but fair enough. <laughs> I'm this also Krampus cast. I'm also now picturing us like chaining Alex up in like some dilapidated Christmas village out in the woods, like putting a bear trap next to him, where it's like try and lure him into that so we can catch Krampus this year. And Alex is like, "Wait, why am I the one that's bait again?" Well, I'm probably the slowest among the three of us. So let's be honest. Yeah, I was gonna be bait one way or another. <laughs> bait by torture, bait by kicking in the knees. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see if our friendly holiday Christmas demon shows up yet again this year. To the Krampus Cast 2020 edition! Hello and welcome to the very special Wicked Awesome Cast Holiday Special. You know it, you love it, we assume you do because no one's ever told us to stop and not do it. Welcome to Krampus Cast 2020. I'd say it's the most Krampus Cast in some ways, but like that's kind of like putting a hat on a hat. I feel like any Krampus Cast in the year of 2020, by the simple aspect of it being the Krampus Cast, this has like a leg up on other years in an unfair way because we're just stuck inside and punchy this year. <laughs> As always, um, uh, you're, you're, I will be your guide along with my two cohorts to this. Uh, Weathering of the Christmas holiday and the welcoming of our favorite Christmas demon. So as I'm Mordak, aka Charlie, joined by Alex, aka no, uh, I'll call you Henry's camera tag for a second there, aka Mave Online, and Henry, aka Kraken Zero. If you're not familiar with the tale of Krampus, he is the anti Santa, or arguably what some of us think Santa should actually be, where Santa's this fat guy that breaks into your house and eats your food, and puts stuff under a tree, then leaves. Krampus gets it right. 
he tracks down the wrongdoers and enacts <coughs> sweet holiday vengeance. And every year we celebrate that with our own version of Krampus, the uh, shoving of video game wrongs in a sack and beating them with a switch, as is Krampus's tradition to do so. Uh, but yes, welcome. Um, if you recommend eggnog with lots of alcohol in it for this episode. Every year, this episode's a bit of a trigger warning, I guess, is the, maybe the way you're <laughs> thinking of it. We're going to dig up yeah. or talk about every kind of thing that pissed us off we think is genuinely wrong about the gaming year of 2020 as part of this podcast. We're going to miss some stuff. Our memories aren't perfect. And like every year, this is too much stuff to cover and keep all of it in your head. So we try and hit the highlights. And oh, God, we got some highlights this year. Like, it, it, I can't. Like, Maybe this isn't the most full year of bullshit when it came to this topic, but, like, the highs of bullshit this year in gaming kind of what-the-fuckness were some of the highest I've witnessed in a long time, kind of thing. And coming after 2019, I wasn't sure we were going to top that, and then 2020 was like, hold my beer, and here we are. Yes. Oh, yeah, we, we, have some, we have some serious stuff here. It's, it is a... It's a pretty big list, to be honest. I mean, and very powerful. I mean, it wasn't like some minor. You know, we're not we're not putting a game in here. Oh no, we or took a off. company in here for like minor stuff. These yeah. are big. Like Henry was saying, we took off minor stuff. Like that's not egregious enough. Some of these are going to take a long time to get through. And I, I guess kind of introducing this, like this isn't our game of the year thing. They'll happen next episode. <laughs> That'll be its own set of conversations. Look forward to that. This is a... Celebration's always the wrong word, but I can never think of a more accurate term for it. Maybe like a critical yeah. eye, a reminder, a extra cynical look, if you will, at kind of the biggest wrongs, at least we feel, of this year in video games. And and this may seem a weird distinction. We're not talking about bad games here. Bad games happen... It's just kind of like, it's an unfortunate fact of life in the video game industry. What makes this list are things that are avoidable, like with a little bit more human compassion or just some forethought or just not being a goddamn dumbass or something. Like, there are aspects to this that are, it's like, yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about CD Projekt Red. We're not going to talk about them because Cyberpunk is a bad game in some people's opinion. We're going to talk about them for completely different legit reasons. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, who wants to kick off this year? Uh, should we just start off with CD Projekt Red and Cybertron 2077? Because we just kind of introed with it. Like, is that our? Is that where we start off at? That's the most recent one, I guess, on the list in some ways. Well, yeah, well, I mean, at least it was released re- recently, but it's like, I mean, you've already hinted at it. There's, there's, it's not just about the, re- it's actually not about the release of the game itself. Yeah, no, or- not. Let's start yeah. there, I guess, kind of give you a sampling of what we're going to be going through for this. Again, if this podcast is not your tea, not your cup of tea, come back in a week or so, we'll be back to our more normal stuff. This is a horrible tradition that we feel is important every year, especially given yeah. the general attitude of this podcast. So let's talk about Cyberpunk 2077, but more importantly, I think CD Projekt Red as a whole in the year of 2020 and why it is, in our yeah. opinions, sack-worthy, because... It's like, let's preface this with like I'm enjoying the game still. They put some patches out that the game has been better, and the game kind of having a bad launch. And so it's not why it's on this list. It's on that. Li- it's on this list because of the promises of no crunch, the double delays, 
some of the weird stories coming out of the studio, kind of like a lot of the general perception reaction to some of the marketing. Like the fact that this game was unavoidable for not like the month up to its release, but like the last six months. And we're now talking about it in a totally different way. Like games like we games got the fuck out of this game releases win uh, this game's release window because they were afraid of it. That in hindsight I think they might have done just fine if they'd stuck around. Like We've spent like arguably eight years waiting for this game with Cyber with CD Projekt Red for the last two years, kind of really cranking on that hype switch, and then here we are. And again, we're not talking about the actual reaction to the game; it's kind of everything around that that's worth talking about. And where do we want to start? I guess like we want to start with just kind of like going back to this game's like early days of real kind of public perception. The reactions from various parts of the LGBT community? Do we want to talk about kind of the weird, like, super aggressive kind of edgelord think, marketing stuff they've been pulling? Like, I think we we can kind of try to go as sort of sequential as we can. Sure. I mean, the weird thing is, this game was announced in 2012. Yeah, like I said, this is an eight-year-old game, technically. Like, this has been yeah. a thing that people have been waiting to have happen for eight years, and, like, that's twice as long as it takes to make an MMO, is my understanding. That's a fucking long time to be working on a game. That is a very long time, yeah. Yeah, it's um, like... I remember the original Cyberpunk trailer, that weird teaser they put out, and yeah, we got something that kind of matches that, but also, like, you had eight goddamn years. It looks like you're going to have at least another year or two of still working on this thing. Oh, I found a good link that kind of summarizes a lot of cyberpunk stuff, so I think this will help us to sure, keep us yeah, because there's a lot track. to stumble through all at once. Um, I'll just write it here and well, move. Let's right. start off with the simple aspects of it, I guess. Like, I'm of the three of us, I'm the one that's played it. Like, and you guys have been stuck in the cyberpunk world, if you will. Like, it's unavoidable. Yeah. Like, how, like, has that been an annoying thing? Of the three of us, I'm the one's like, fuck yeah, cyberpunk, but also I'm still like, oh god, fuck cyberpunk a little bit. I, like, the road to this is, I guess, my biggest beef with this kind of thing. We had two delays, and I'm not saying delays are bad, but kind of the fan reaction around the delays, like, you got death threats, you got, like, I am only holding <sighs> on this year because of this game, like, the, the, the standing that happened was just ridiculous, like, the fact that, like, we're having once again the conversation about, like, why did you make this game a part of your identity wasn't, wasn't even out? Like, there was a chance it was going to be bad. CD Projekt Red wouldn't do that. The Witcher 3 was bad when it came out. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it's... Yeah, the whole road to it was just... Weird. Weird and long. And then it, it just... I guess, as what can happen when it gets closer to the actual launch date, just frenetic. Absolutely frenetic. And it, it's weird talking about this one, I think, even, because on one hand, like, the game is out and it's here and we can kind of be like, okay, a bunch of this controversy is gone. But yeah, I think it's like, you. this week you've seen CD Projekt Red burn just an unfathomable amount of good kind of will in the gaming community, seemingly overnight. Like, the, the game itself was a problem, but then kind of this messaging around it, there's been a bunch of stories about kind of the upper, the higher-ups being like, we had no idea the Xbox and PS4 versions were hot trash, which A, I don't believe, but also 
how did you not know? Like, is there not someone in the studio just turning on the consoles being like, oh, God, this is a nightmare factory? Yeah, I, it's... Uh, you had to know that this game... I mean, they they have... Uh, and I'm just going to assume this, but it's because every game company has to have this. They have QA. They have quality assurance. They have a quality assurance department. So the question is, what the fuck was quality... like? Were they not listening to quality assurance? Did they not just try this on every version, you know, on all the ver- different versions of the consoles before they released this? I mean, I who I I would really like to know is like who dropped the ball here? Who who really dropped the ball here? Yeah, because obviously somebody did, like somebody messed up bad and just completely fumbled the testing of the game. And I think it goes beyond that. Like, it's one of those ones where if the PC version ran really well, and for me it runs fine at best, but still some kind of weird sharp edges to it occasionally, it'd be one thing if it's like, okay, yeah, the P- the console's got a bad port, but, like, it's an unfinished game. Like, I-, I feel pretty confident in saying, like, yes, people think it's finished, but it's not. Like, it's got that kind of beta jank to it, and... I guess to remind yeah. people, there's a multiplayer mode coming to this game eventually. Yeah, no. This this whole release of it just screams of fucking jank for sure. Like, yeah. And, and, and you know what it is? It, it it always goes back to that fucking quote from, uh, what's it called? The guy from Nintendo? I can't remember his name, and I know I'm going to get fucking chewed up for it. But that, that quote, and I said it before when we were talking about it, was it's that whole thing of, you know... A was it a delayed game can be good, yeah, but a bad release is forever. Well, yeah, part of me almost wonders because they delayed the game twice in the year of 2020, so like that Mm -hmm. was its own whole thing and topic. And you had CD Projekt get out there and say, "Oh, we didn't feel pressured at all to release the game." Where I don't, I I don't believe that. Yeah, it's very much a mm, super, yeah, super doubt, super super fucking sus, right there. Yeah, yeah. Press X to doubt. Yes, yeah. very much so. Yeah. No, I I, I, it, I don't know. I I think in this situation, I, I want to blame both CD Projekt Red and the fucking gaming community in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think no one, like, there's no one person at fault in this instance. This is kind of like a general, like, bad on all sides. Yeah. It's like, they they push it back and people, like, you have like, people in the community, like, who are aware, like, hey, you know what, that's fine. Take your time. Like, we get it. That's fine. Like, but then you have people who get fucking mad, death threat stuff and all that stuff, and then when the fucking game comes out and it comes out like this, they're fucking Pikachu face. Like, what? The game that got rushed to get released is so fucking bad? Well, I think that's one part, but I think you also have the other side where people, like, it's like, it's the... And I follow it in this category, but I try to like kind of preface it at least somewhere. It's like, no, you're just playing on console. Fuck, sucks to be you, fucker. And I'm like, no, it does suck to be that person. I'm, I, but I also picked not on console because I don't trust CD Projekt Red to make a console game yet. Like they've not successfully done it. Period, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's one of those bizarre ones where it's the. It's why I'm always so cautious talking around this topic. Is the idea that like I've had a pretty good experience with that game. I could have had a better one. But compared to a lot of the nightmares other people have run into playing that game, I've been really goddamn lucky. And that does not make it a good game. That means I've had fun playing it. 
But the fact that it's yeah. kind of that wide spread of enjoyment of like what your ex like not accessibility, but like what you can access technology wise in that game, that's its own sack worthy thing, I guess, in my mind. Like if the game was like really good on all PCs and kind of like only okay on consoles, I'd be like, okay, yeah, it's a CD Project Red release. But like, even in the same consoles that are half steps from each other, the PS4 version and base Xbox One or base Xbox version are basically unplayable. Like, yes, they start and you can do things, but like, we'll talk about it here. Both Microsoft and Sony are offering kind of refunds for that fucking game. Well, yeah. Sony's gone as far as, as to delist it from the PlayStation well, Store, and that's yeah. that's pretty my, fucking huge. So my understanding is they only delisted the the PS4 version. I believe the PS5 version is still yeah, up. Yeah, and, and, so, and this is where it gets crazy. The PS4 Pro and the PS5 version are kind of air quotations fine. They don't run amazingly. They're nowhere near as good as the PC versions, but they are playable. It's the PS4 version and the base Xbox version that are the crazy unplayable ones. Like, and it's it's really unplayable. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think this whole I think this whole thing is very much like a fall from grace situation for CD Projekt Red well, as well. That's like, just it too. Where like I remember the launch of The Witcher Three very differently than the rest of the internet does for some reason. Like, I, I, it was not good. It was not it was good not at a all. Good launch, yeah. Exactly the same things were happening with that. Yeah, but they did fix it, and now people talk about Witcher 3 like it's the best thing since sliced bread when it comes oh, and, to that genre And of that's game. the problem. Like, I, If my mind remembers correctly, and again, this is kind of, it's, a lot's happened since then, so maybe not, but like, that game wasn't called, like, Done Done until two, three years after it came out, like, they were still yeah. making major improvements to that game for a long time, and I guess, like, I, I, it's, I, I don't think the PS4 and, like, Xbox One version were available at launch. They came after the fact, if I remember correctly. I remember it was a huge... Maybe they can't really run it. I just don't remember at this point. It was a huge goddamn deal when, I think it was the 360 got Witcher 2, and people were like, holy shit, it was almost like, it was it was viewed as almost impossible, I think, at the time, and it didn't go over well, and I, even at the time, people were like, oh my god, it's the Witcher, like, blah, 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 and I thought the combat for that game was straight trash. I still think it's straight trash, like, those, the RPG parts are great, but, like, people have done a really good job of forgetting just how rough parts of that game is, and also, what that game without a million mods is like. Yeah, and and possibly the same thing will happen with Cyberpunk. In three years, people will be talking, you know, kind of forget the road to Cyberpunk yeah. and just remember the good things, maybe. I don't know. It's well, I, it's really weird to say. I mean... I think Cyberpunk launched significantly worse than The Witcher did, or Witcher 3 did. Yes. But, like, yes. it's it, it's still kind of... It's, it's CD Projekt Red's, Red's MO. Like, they've also made yeah. back all of the development costs, apparently. Like, they, they're, they're fine, again, from a studio perspective. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely haven't lost money on this, yeah. though. Rightfully, they... Probably should have. You, you, it sounds terrible, but you want someone that fucks up this badly to have lost money. You want it to sting a little bit. Where like, yeah, we have a. they don't learn anything. They yeah. literally learn nothing from it. As gamers, we rewarded a company again for putting out a game that like wasn't good at launch, and 
again, we can go back to the whole narrative of like, don't buy games at launch, you don't have to play it immediately, but also, we all suffer from FOMO. I wanted to play Cyberpunk, and I'm playing Cyberpunk, and like, if I, like, every part of my brain was just screaming, don't get this thing at launch, but also part of my brain was like, let's fucking get it at launch, like, it'll be fine, ultimately, probably, like, it might suck, but also you might have fun, and yeah, just being in that mindset again for a game like this, it's just shitty, like, and we're at the end of a console generation, the start of a new console generation, and sure, that may be factored into why things are a goddamn mess, but also, who cares? This shouldn't be happening with a game that's, like, this big a deal, like, I remember the kind of long, drawn-out media blitz we got this year of them showing off kind of a variety of things that kind of my reaction to at this point is no more complicated than what you spent on this, could you have hired some more QA guys? Like, these videos were real neat and the marketing was real good, I guess, but could you have polished this game off more if you, you know, spent this money elsewhere in like a more useful, non-hyping way and also Shit, you guys fell off Hype Mountain real goddamn hard. Is that it for Cyberpunk? Or are we going to move on to another topic? We feel oh, we there's kind of... oh, there's way more. Yeah. I mean, all right, if we want to actually go through the other controversies, you know, like... I don't know which one the, of them happened this year versus... No, that's part of the problem. Oh, the, the, the transgender weird poster was, like, um... That's even uh, still in-game, actually. I think I thought yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, it was just kind of, it felt like they were using it as a punchline, you know, as a, ha-ha, you know, look at the transgender model. And it's just kind of, like, didn't ring, didn't, I don't know. It, it wasn't the image, it was like, the the tagline they put with it mixed it up, it just seemed like it was sort of, like, mocking. Um, I, the, I... Remember hearing something about that, but I don't think it was intended I, that way. It was no, it wasn't. One. No, it wasn't intended that way. Of course, if yeah, no, it wasn't. But it's just like when you don't have those voices informing you. Let's say you know somebody in the office that you know that works in the office that is transgender, then you're likely to fuck up on stuff like this. Yeah, I, that, having played the game in a kind of a broad strokes kind of way, like. The game is trying its hardest to be inclusive, but like in the most edge lordy way possible, and it kind of fetishizes almost everything. I remember that was a bunch of the conversation around this topic. Like it, every, but it's the weird one where it's like, yes, it's definitely fetishized in the game some, but also everything in that game is kind of fetishized in a weird way that like it, it's not a good setting as a result, but it feels at least cohesive to everyone's kind of weirdly into all of this stuff in a maybe not totally sexual way, but, like, it's it's a thing that's there. Like, there's, like, there's some real, like, and that goes back to kind of the edgelord marketing people were complaining about. Like, there's some stuff in this game that, like, even in setting-wise, you're kind of, like, you're still trying to justify why it's there a little bit mentally. Like, there's a trans character with a pretty good storyline to her that also just, like, it feels like the most tacked-on, like, it's like, yeah, this character happens to be trans. I'm like, that's cool. The story has nothing to do with her, that kind of thing, in that way. Like, the only way you really know she's trans is she drops a throwaway line at one point, and her car has a trans sticker on the back of it, which you take from her eventually at the end of the storyline, and not, like, in a good, like, handoffy way. Like, it, 
it's a weird, weird character as a result of all that. And she started off as one of my favorite characters in the game. They just kind of ruined her with a real bad set of writing cues and stuff. Like she set up, was set up to be a really interesting kind of arc for a character, and that just devolves into oh, you kind of like used a bunch of very interesting social stuff to make me like, make me care about this character, and then ponder off with the worst story of the game so far. Congratulations. Yeah, it, that that game it doesn't. It's very weird how that game handles all that stuff. Like, and it's like taking a more broader spectrum. The way it handles kind of just like relationships in that game are aggressive and very uncomfortable ways to play through. Like, it, I, I think Henry hit it on the nail on the head, where it's kind of like it's the it's it's there, but the people that made it there didn't really understand it, so it's really poorly kind of integrated with the game. Like it's like yeah, it's there, and that's that, that's cool. It's there, but also like, man, it's kind of badly there at the same time. Like not bad representation, but like you want better for them to tackle a topic like this hypothetically. Yeah, I mean, considering it's still very much a hot button topic it, for a good reason, it's just like I don't. This is why there is a push to just have more kind of diverse voices in the video game industry. Period. That where they can, you know, ensure that a story isn't just a pandering, you know, a, a very hollow pandering, and it's just something meaningful, you know, or, you know, not just something tacked on, you know, I'm looking at you, Activision Blizzard, um, you know, uh, but also, like, has a feel, feels authentic, feels like the voice is authentic. It doesn't have to be a story that centers around their diversity, but it can be one that at least respects it. It's hard. I I guess it's kind of hard to describe, but it's like, for me, it's like, yeah, I've mentioned, I've talked about this before. All right. So I'm half Korean and I've, and I've like, man, I wish there was like more Asians that were popular in Hollywood, you know, and and the same thing happens. And it's, yeah, it's in the video game space. It's like, more diverse diversity that is like where people seem to have a better understanding of what the you know whatever you're you know whatever you're trying to represent here that you have a better representation of what the lived life is like and not in a just hollow pandering way. Well, and I think pandering is the right phrase for the situation too. We're like this. This is a game that could have based on the setting and kind of how they've talked about stuff could have had something to say on this topic in a good way but it kind of chose to kind of hollowly and cynically just use it to kind of hype itself up some like it's it, it's there again yeah. like I was saying it's just not well implemented it's like oh yeah it's there like, it's okay I guess the way I, it's like alright so when I've actually played games you know made by you know you know made by diverse people it, I it there's an authenticity there of like a lived experience, but it's like the game also doesn't revolve just around that lived experience or just like playing off of it. It's like, it's just kind of a part of the story, but not the central part of the story. And I, I, yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. I'll, um, we're going to dive back into this when we're talking about some other stuff. But yeah, I mean, the, it's, we're not done with this topic by a long shot. It's going to be a bit of a theme throughout this year, unfortunately. Yeah, 
Yeah. It feels like we're good to move on from kind of Cyberpunk and CD Projekt Red, I guess, at this point. Like, we can get into the whole... What's that game called well, that they listed and unlisted for kind of questionable reasons? Devotion, Devotion. I think, uh, Henry said. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, this is the... This is about CD Projekt Red, I guess, in general, and specifically about good old games. Alright, so we've we've talked about this topic already, multiple times, because it's reappeared. Alright, so, initially the game Devotion, a game, I will say, or, right, people, is developed in Taiwan, and which is a whole thing of itself. It's like, a lot of countries, even now, even the USA, does not call them Taiwan. They they call them basically part of China. They'll they'll use like the term Taipei and like instead of Taiwan as an independent republic. Like the U.S. doesn't even officially recognize Taiwan as an independent country. So that there's and that's a whole issue there. But yeah, a uh, devotion developed in Taiwan, and there was apparently a picture left in it that was mocking the the current leader of the Communist uh, Party of China. Uh, uh, Xi Jinping. I've probably mispronounced that. I'm yeah. Not, but in any case, Winnie the Xi, uh, as I prefer to call him, uh, they, that's that's what they did. They it was because the Winnie the Pooh has been used to mock him, and so they did like Steam delist, delisted it. And while and this year, however. Like, they actually managed to have a full physical release of it, like a really cool-looking special edition, which I would love to get a copy of, but it'd be, it'd be hard to get, you know, because imports are generally going to be a little bit harder to get. But, yeah, um, it, it's basically... Alright, so what it comes down to is CD Projekt Red had the... were, after this physical, very successful physical release, of devotion in Taiwan, uh, good old games was going to list it in the store, and then like later on in the day they said, actually we got a number of messages from many gamers and we've decided not to, and that's horseshit. That's complete another bullshit. I mean that they already have been ratioed the, to hell on Twitter for that one because it's like it wasn't. No, it wasn't. You you got some pressure from the Communist Party of China. Because they weren't happy about Devotion being released in the same way that they aren't happy about Taiwan being called a sovereign nation. Um, and they, they, yeah, CD Projekt Red, you know, dropped their spine in the road and, uh, and, and decided that they wouldn't release it on the store. So, yeah, it's just another very similar case of other companies, you know, Valve, Activision Blizzard just having no fucking spine whatsoever when it comes to standing up to a fascist regime. It's one thing if you delist it on, like, say, the Chinese version of your store. Okay, make it a regional thing. Nope, they just said they aren't going to list it at all. I mean, that's amazingly cowardly. Like, they had no... They didn't have to do that at all. They could have... You know, like I said, grown a fucking spine and listed the game, but they didn't. Yeah, and this is kind of a long, kind of weird way to get to the actual thing we're putting in the sh- in the sack, which, like, 
and I'm not sure what the right label for it is, I suppose. Like, it's just kind of general disappointment with the company overall. Like, to watch a company, I think we said this earlier, burn, like, this much goodwill in the span of, what, a week and a half, basically? Yeah. It's insane. Like, I, I can't remember the last time I saw something stumble this hard and this many times in a row kind of thing. Like, you had the development part of CD Projekt Red mad at the executive part for a variety of reasons that were legitimate. Like, I... Yeah. Like, the crunch. I mean, we didn't even get into the crunch, really, which... We touched on it, yeah. 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 And that's the weird thing. That's not even the biggest part of the story anymore at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it's this weird conversation where all this crunch CD Projekt Red was experiencing, like, either they needed way more of it, which is not a good thing and should not be a sense you should kind of think is an acceptable situation, but, like, what the fuck was the crunch for then? Like, what was this game like back in... What was it, March when it was supposed to come out originally? Like, April. What would that game have been? April, yeah. yeah. Yeah, holy shit. When you say it like that, oof. <laughs> like, is it possible that actually because of the crunch, the game got worse? Like, did they try to add something in? Like, was the game better back in April? Actually, we have no way of knowing, but, like, it's been six months of crunch to get to this point. From the outside, you could only yeah, go, how but the thing was is- this game? We do know this for a fact. Is like crunch absolutely leads to diminishing returns because yeah. well rested people do better work. That's just a fucking fact. There's, there's just that's just a fact. That's just a truism. Yeah. So honestly, I think that's a good point. The crunch itself might have also led to the shit show that it became. Yeah, I, it's. I think Alex's reaction is the most genuine reaction we can have to this whole thing, which is the, when you put it in that context, what the fuck, actually? Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, it didn't even occur to me until you said it in that way. It's like, fucking A, yeah. man. Like, yeah. I, my, my Mountain Dew morning fucking <laughs> did not prepare me for yeah, this. Yeah, no, like, exactly. Like, there's no way of preparing for this weird a conversation. About a goddamn video game company. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I feel it's time to kind of shove the sack over this one. It's a big opening for this one, unfortunately, because it's just... And there's no good way of summing this one up evenly. We'd, lo- we'd love to give you kind of a nice little bow on this shit sandwich of a present that is the first entry of our Krampus cast this year, but there isn't one. Like We, I, we could keep talking about CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk for hours, potentially, too, just kind of the weird that was them in 2020 and kind of the road to cyberpunk and all that stuff, but we do have to move on. So uh, who wants to do the sacking honors on this one, I suppose? Uh, well, I don't have CD Projekt Red, so I don't think I'm allowed that's to. That's fair. Uh, that's completely fair. So yes, uh, CD Projekt Red, kind of the road and zeitgeist around cyberpunk, not the game specifically, but kind of just this whole topic in general, getting the sack, get beaten by a switch. I. We, we, yeah, we could keep going. We absolutely could keep going, but we kind of have to keep. We get pedantic. Eventually, and tired, it yeah. needs to be in the sack yes. in order to be beaten. Yes, exactly. It must go in the sack eventually. Uh, let's do a quick one, I guess, to kind of to give ourselves yeah. a little bit of a breather off of that one. Let's talk about the <laughs> Apple versus Epic lawsuit, which started off as like, oh, ha ha, this will be fun. And now we're like, oh, God, this is actually kind of secretly terrible. And. 
maybe it's just me. The more time I get from kind of the initial thing, the more I just kind of look at. I I, I don't think Epic's in the wrong kind of thing in this case, but also like the weird fallout we keep getting hints might happen, and kind of all the companies got dragged down with it, and just kind of how prepared Epic was for this, and kind of a tongue-in-cheek, we're the good guys kind of way, but also you're both giant mega corporations, so maybe not. I don't know. Like it's. Yeah, not, yeah. I, and I think I think mainly it's just like it's I I think it deserves to go in the sack because of just sort of how much both companies didn't seem to give a flying fuck about how it would affect so many other companies and exactly. like maybe the gaming industry yeah. as a fucking whole because you know the decisions made here have big fucking ramifications. Yeah. And and we aren't even lawyers, and we we understand these things. I mean, it's like because I mean, I think there's been good, some good reporting about it, but it's just like there is obviously they decided to go to war with each other, and like you know, it, they didn't take this one out into space. This wasn't Gundams fighting in space. This is yeah. Godzilla and uh, Ghidorah, King Ghidorah, trashing wherever they happen to be fighting. You know, just completely unaware, not really caring about, you know, the many, many, you know, you know, things being destroyed around them. And that's, yeah. So it's like, you know, yeah, there again, I agree with the the idea of like, well, they're both big behemoths and like, hey, go at it, kill each other. I don't really care that much. But yeah, there is also, oh shit, them thrashing about is also going to hurt other people. Other yeah, companies, the, the other, moment the and fight gamers. turned into that whole kind of app, uh, you couldn't update the Epic launcher, so that the Epic launcher, the um, Unreal Engine, Unreal Engine. on it. It's like, okay, that's you've now fucked over people that were like, no, 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 uh, we we just want to make money. Like we have small indie studios, please leave us alone. Yeah. So yeah, just being you know big gargantuans that didn't really care about destroying everything in their path to, to try to destroy each other. You know, I guess it could also, I guess, with in a similar vein, you know, it's like if superheroes are just running around, just, you know, like on the boys, just wrecking havoc on everything around them and with no real desire to even give a shit about everything they're destroying. That's what we're seeing here with Apple yeah. versus Epic. So that's a very weirdly accurate, I guess, kind of depiction of it, too, where like. In theory, some yeah. good might come of this lawsuit. Like, a bunch of stuff that's kind of, I think, important to have been addressed at some point is getting dredged up, but at the same time, like, four city blocks have been wiped out because of heat vision, and you're like, man, it's so great you stopped that speeding ice cream truck, but these apartment buildings that got blown up, that was unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um. Yeah, so, Apic and Apple... Uh, Epic and Apple getting the sack for this one. Um, we're not saying Epic Games bad. We're just saying kind of this whole situation is sucky and has fallout that kind of makes you sack worthy, if you will. Yeah, you you know what company's not having issues right now with this all this stuff? Steam, baby. Epic Store bad. Steam good. No. Been <laughs> done. I said it. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, you want to talk about Mixer for a couple seconds, Alex? Yeah, I'll talk about Mixer real quick. 
You guys don't remember, Mixer was the quote-unquote competition for uh, Twitch a while ago. So I guess and, let's uh, sell me on this one, because companies go out of business all the time, and that's a whole thing. Like, Mixer going out of business is not necessarily sacworthy unto itself. It's sucky, but it's not like, yeah, no, businesses fail. Why do you feel this one is worthy of the Krampus' cold, maniacal grasp? So, the reason I say this is worth the Krampus cast is because when Mixer announced it was shutting down, it gave no fucking heads up to their uh, people on their platform. They literally had a month to fucking scramble and put things together uh, from when they talked about closing Mixer. So, it wasn't so much like, hey, you know, we're closing down, you've got a couple months to kind of figure out what you're going to do, especially people who make a living streaming on Mixer and things like that. It was literally, hey, we're closing down in like a fucking month. So you guys should probably figure that shit out. And uh, so between that and, of course, um, I guess some of the bigger streamers, I don't know if it was all the partners, but I know it was only only the really big streamers ended up being kind of okay from this. A lot of the smaller streamers who've really pushed, like, working on their platform there kind of got screwed. Oh, in yeah. In that instance. Like, it was pretty shitty, gotta say. Like, I get it, you know, they're shutting down, businesses open and close all the fucking time, that's just, you know, that's that's capitalism, but, like, they were, like, a month's heads up is, for something that's your livelihood, is fucking shocking. Well, and you're actually so dancing around, I think, the most important part of the whole heads up was that it wasn't like you could just, like, transition over to Twitch and have partner status, whatever it was. What was your transitioning option, Alex? Facebook gaming. Yeah. And that was only, like, if you were partnered, like, if you were working on getting your stream up, like, that was it. You're done. And even then, only, the only people who really got a good fucking break from this were, like, Ninja and who was the other guy? Shroud, I think. Shroud, yeah, those two. Like, those dudes, well, they, they got, paid, they got full paid beforehand, yeah. Like they, they... Oh, yeah. They got, they got painful, but, like, yeah, no, I think... I think it also just kind of, in a way, solidified Twitch being able to get away with shitty behavior because it's like, well, you know, people try to compete and it didn't work. So, yeah. I mean, at this point, you still have... The fact that Facebook gaming is still around before Mixer, like, or it's still around and Mixer's gone, is just surprising to me. I, I go one step like, further, which is kind of it's yeah. the... I still don't know why Mixer went under. Like, I, I get probably was operating at a loss and stuff like that, and maybe Microsoft kind of crunched the numbers and said, this ain't worth it, but that's the company that's kept around stuff for much longer that was kind of dead weight. So I was genuinely surprised, given how much they kind of were toting that platform as a thing, that well, the, the, like, it just kind yeah. of died the way it did. Well, the weirder thing, I mean, I think uh, I think you're hitting upon the point is, it wasn't even allowed to exist for that long. Yeah. Like, like yeah. most companies... All right, so in general, we kind of know this. A whole lot of companies don't even make it out of the red until three years in. Like, yeah. that's that's actually pretty normal. There's a lot of companies that don't actually start to break even until, like, a couple of years in. And Mixer didn't even last that long. Like, they really, like, kind of... And I, and I honestly think... It's a mistake to not just try, you know, keep at it and try to, you know, get along and, you know, there again, have an actual competitor, a meaningful competitor to Twitch because competition can create some 
you know, something sometimes something better, but it's just like, yeah, it seemed like it really wasn't even given a chance. Yeah. But do you guys remember the the controversy that came up a little bit prior to Mixers announcing that they were going to shut down? No, refresh my memory. There was an employee by the name of Milan Lee who shared a blog talking about his experience of, with racism while working at Microsoft streaming platform Mixer. Do we not? That was a little thing that came out just before they decided to shut down. It was the guy who was hired. Uh, so Milan Lee is black. And so he was told that he was hired because he was street smart by his manager. Um, and so obviously and th- that euphemism is a little bit like, mm, that's kind of, yeah. mm, th- also, or, no, that's racist. Let's just go. That's yeah. full ego. That's fucking racist. Yeah. It's one of those like, there, there's not like blatant racism, but it's one of those like where it's, racist connotations but you guys get what I'm saying yes. um, so there's also times you don't remember where the managers refer to mixture streamers as slaves and that she was their slave master I don't know if you guys remember that one as well that was also that manager at Mixer that this guy had dealt with oh yeah and so uh, then he decided to like tell her hey that's not cool and was upset about it and then she decided to Google the fucking statement to defend herself. And then when Google proved that it's never okay to say that, she told that dude he needed to work on himself. Yep. Um, and that he, if he wanted to go far in the industry, he needs to work on his emotions and feelings to similar comments kind of thing. So eventually he took it up the chain and nothing ever happened. And what's it called? Yeah. So was it? I think it took a year after he reported it. That they said, like, the upper legal team was like, yeah, not guilty. And shortly after all this drama came out, fucking Mixer was like, you know what? We're just going to fucking shut down. We're good. So, it just, yeah. I, it was, there was a lot of weird stuff happened. Stuff that, uh, yeah. So, Mixer had their own, their, like, I guess, what am I trying to say? Their own fair share of controversy when it came to stuff. And I think with, like, the kind of blatant racism bullshit from that manager to the horrible misadging and their shutdown to where it was like, hey, yeah, no, we're shutting down like a month. Uh, I think I think that deserves it its place in the sack this year. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, does this, does this fall under that category? What do you guys think? Yeah, 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 no, I th- I think they definitely deserve a place in the sack. Yeah, have I ha- have I reached the approval uh, that you were looking for there, Charlie? I was looking to explain it. I we put a lot of thought uh, into this list. So I always want to make sure that we're kind of giving it <laughs> proper due in court, for lack of a better phrase. We're not just willy nilly claiming things were bad this year. We have a lot of thought behind what we think was bad. In fact, well, so it's your topic. Uh, do the honors. <clears throat> Mixer, get in the sack. All right. Go back to one of our heavy hitters for a second, and this should come to no one who's been listening to this podcast throughout this year because it's been kind of an ongoing topic for us. Let's talk about Ubisoft. And Oh, boy. Where the fuck does one even what? start with this one? Oh, boy. <sighs> Is it easy enough to start with the most ironic kind of surprise Pikachu face moment of the Ubisoft story? 
go go ahead, boss. So I I think it was like early on in the year. I think it was around like February. They uh, Ubisoft announced there was some uh, there was some layoffs that happened, or some firings, or some investigation that happened because some alleged misconduct, and they were doing a independent investigate uh, investigation of the company through a company that specialized in kind of like finding systematic problems like this and stuff like that. And we are like, oh, wonder what will happen with that. And we didn't even have to wait that long. It was like, it wasn't even like months. It was like, I think a week before or a week after they started, they announced they were doing this, that the news started to kind of pour out and the mass firings and departures and just kind of insane story after insane story after insane story just kind of started flooding out of the investigation like the I, like the lower level heights of this investigation with the realization that like you uh, that um at one point in time they were going to make uh Assassin's Creed Odyssey the kind of the Greek inspired one with just a female protagonist and the game designers of that game got point blank told female protagonists don't sell make a male version which and that sounds shitty, but it makes it even weirder because people, the entire time that game's been around, were like, yeah, the male ver- the male character in this game is so fucking shitty. Like, the female one is so much better. And in hindsight, it makes sense. We're like, no, they basically had that game done and had to shoehorn in a male character, essentially, because of, like, overriding directive input. You had almost everyone at the executive level get canned or leave or fired for some form of kind of executive abuse and Sexual misconduct. Yeah, sexual misconduct. Assault. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Assault. Yeah. Like, flat-out assault and harassment and sexual misconduct. And it came out, I mean, from sort of a bunch of interviews with, you know, current and former staff members that there is just a entire culture problem. Like, there is a there is an office culture problem with with the rampant abuse Harass sexual misconduct, harassment, and like actual assault. So, yeah, it's just like it came out more and more, more and more people started getting fired. You know, at least minimally, you could say, well, at least they're actually firing people, but also it shouldn't have fucking happened in the first place. And that whole story unto itself, like that whole situation, that whole chain of events is sack-worthy on its own. Yeah. But along the kind of road of that happening, you had other things happen. Like the Black Lives Matter controversy, which the more I spend thinking about, the more I'm like, how the fuck did this even happen? Like, this is a deliberate choice on someone's part at this point, and and we'll go into more detail in a second, but kind of the general basis of that one is they made Black Lives Matter the movement out to be a terrorist organization in the game they were making, which is just how, why, how. Yeah, so essentially in their at a, in the mobile version for Elite Squad, Tom Clancy's Elite Squad, they had an enemy faction using a logo that doesn't, it doesn't just look like the Black Lives Matter logo. It literally is, like, copied absolutely perfectly, every angle, every line, perfect copy. So they just use the Black Lives Matter movement emblem as a representative logo for an enemy faction of, of, of actual 
you know, of of terrorists. And not only that, they leaned, even when you go into the description of it, they leaned in even more about it, because their description of it was like, you know, on its face, this is, you know, this enemy faction is like for social justice, but secretly they're working behind the scenes and are secret terrorists. So it wasn't just like, oh, we happen to f- use this logo. They fully leaned into the right, like, pro- like far right, uh, pro- you know, uh, far right total bullshit of, you know, accusing Black Lives Matter of like, you know, being run as a, you know, you know, on its face being good, but secretly run by nefarious people for, and being for violence and all that. They fully leaned into a fucking conspiracy, right, far right conspiracy theory about Black Lives Matter when doing this. So it wasn't like, oh, oh, our logo kind of looks like this. No, they fully fucking leaned into a far right conspiracy. So, you know, let's not pretend like it's anything like, some fucking accident of, like, a logo looks, like, similar to the logo. No. They fully leaned into an actual fucking conspiracy here. You know, a, a, a total bullshit conspiracy theory. So, yeah. That's pretty fucking bad. It's, it's like... some dumb part of that whole story, too, but I'm just blanking on it at this point. Like, it's just exhausting talking about Ubisoft. And maybe it's the fact that it was, just, it was the long, drawn-out process of, for like, I want to say almost like four months, if there was Ubisoft news in a weekly thing, it was us going, yep, another person got found out, and another person, and another person, and another person. Yeah, so, it's just, yeah. And, and there again, I feel like even like some of the articles talking about it didn't really, yeah, I'll do. It didn't go into as much of like, obviously, there are endemic problems on what's been going on at Ubisoft, like serious fucking culture issues going on there. And I remember uh, it, uh, there was an infamous picture of like, you know, that was like all white dudes and them talking about, oh, diverse studio. It's like, doesn't fucking look like it. <laughs> I mean,. So, I, I don't know if you guys remember that. It was like a picture of a bunch of people in a studio. And just like, that doesn't look like diversity. No, yeah. If for a studio that spends so much time kind of loitering how, like, oh, we're progressive. And uh, for a studio that spends as much time in their games kind of trying to make it, like, seem like they're the, like, they're the champions of this topic. I guess, fuck, it's at the start of every single one of their games. Like, this game is made yeah. by a diverse and comprehensive blah, blah, blah crew, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, it, it's something I've that been was a of, lie. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's one of those ones where I've been calling bullshit on that for several years, and just this year has been the year. Where it's like, oh yeah, no, it always was bullshit. Actually, yeah, rising no I, one. I really do think you know, outside of the you know, alongside the you know, the all the horrible you know, assault and sexual misconduct things, like portraying a an important social movement as a literal terrorist movement by leaning into fucking far-right conspiracy theory about it. That's also pretty fucking bad. So, yeah, Ubisoft has very much fucking earned their place in the sack. So, I mean, anybody else got more to say about it? Yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, it's... I'm just gonna very quickly 
throw something here on there. I mean, we've already talked about it, but like when we go back to the, the whole thing about a female protagonist, does it sell? Does mm-hmm. it reminds me of like, and it's something I saw a lot when I worked in like school district. When mm-hmm. you have people who've never once stepped foot in a fucking classroom all of a sudden become administrators and somehow think they know what a classroom, like, what works in that situation? How do you not fucking know about Lara Croft and fucking Tomb Raider? It's like a top-selling fucking best game ever and it's a female fucking protagonist. How do you somehow assume that they're not gonna fucking make money because a female protagonist doesn't sell? Are you fucking stupid? I mean, Laura, it's like Laura Croft has been a a that's been She's a franchise that's been a franchise for like decades now that's a fucking icon like it's okay i would even say like Lara Croft is up there in terms of like gaming icons like mario and other something like that like she just when you see Lara Croft you fucking know it's Lara Croft. everyone knows how do you like no and, and to just, your uh, point she's not that distinctive a character even like, what's the thing? She's not distinctive in terms of like a standout look like Mario, but when you see like a Tomb Raider game, yeah. you know it's a fucking no, Tomb you, Raider you, you game. You see woman with two guns and a ponytail, you go, fuck yeah, Laura Croft. It's all yeah. it takes to make I you mean, know it's like, absolutely right. The first game was 1996, and it's still going. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it had it's had two fucking films. Yeah. <laughs> One three, just two years ago. One of them literally. Ooh, that's right. Yeah. Three, sorry, three. There have been three films. There's the earlier two and then this more modern one in 2018. And so, you think that doesn't fucking sell? I mean, I just, holy oh, shit. Female protagonists don't fucking sell. Zelda! Like, Metroid. Yeah, no, Link's the protagonist. Metroid! Holy Evil shit, I mean... don't fucking sell? Metroid has had so many different iterations and, like, side things. It's like, there's a lot of fucking Metroid games now. And we're not even including remakes at this point. We're just talking about just flat-out Metroid games. There's a fucking lot of them. You talk about a successful fucking... It's been considered, like, one of the big kind of... Nintendo games on launch, you expect them to have a Metroid game at this point, just like you expect them to have a Zelda game. So, I mean, come the fuck on. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely agreed. Them being like, oh, female protagonists don't sell. What like, fucking it, reality just, have you been living in? Yeah, and it's just like, it's one of those things where, like, it's just. I, I, it's one of those things where you talk about where people who have no idea or have no pulse on the gaming industry all of a sudden get put in charge of something and they say dumb shit like that. Like, these kind of manage, like, and it's no surprise the rest of the shit that happened with Ubisoft is a thing when this is what your executive team looks like and says. Like, when you say dumb shit like that, yeah, I, I, I mean, I picked on this thing in particular because it's just a line that stood out to me. But, like, obviously, when you have that kind of gross incompetence in the industry you work in, it 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 resonates across the everything you do. So there's no surprise they had a horrible fucking sexual misconduct controversy. Yeah, and I, and I there's think no that's surprise the too, that there's been we don't we don't see the sense like there's been stories out of Ubisoft 
for years now to us, and they they never got any concrete stories to them. Kind of thing it was always just you'd hear something, or there'd be a leak, or there'd be some disgruntled employee talking about X. It's like Rockstar in that way, where like no one's ever officially confirmed some of the stories, but the stories you hear coming out of Rockstar, you're like. I need a tell-all book someday because, like, if even half of these stories I've heard across my life have been true, holy fuck. Yeah. Yeah, and Ubisoft is kind of from a different angle of things. Like, you've had the story of, like, yeah, if I come to X and Y, it's super progressive, but there's this ceiling to it. And I, I and this was the year that we kind of, they talked about how, like, Ubisoft started, like, defining their games as, like, one unified thing. It's why kind of this over time all Ubisoft games have drifted towards kind of being the same game. Like even their driving games still have towers you go to to unlock new chunks of the map and stuff like that. Like Which is real kind of weird. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like it's that's been a that's been a choice on a kind of executive level to move in that direction, despite what everyone in the outside of the uh, in the actual consuming end of the industry was saying where it's like, no, don't do this. Like yeah, I. Yes. Yeah, it's just like I said. It's just no surprise that this level of incompetence just oozes out in everything you do. When well, you have, I, like, I don't. Like that. I would argue that it's not incompetence; that it's absolutely intentional yeah. misogyny. Like for well, in the case of you know the you know no female protagonist, it's intentional misogyny. It's not just being ignorant of the gaming scene; it's being actively Gamergate about the get about the about the gaming scene. It's being actively misogynist about the. It's it's a very, uh, it's not an accident or or ignorance. I uh, that I think that gives them too much credit that they're just stupid about the gaming industry. No, they have a very specific vision of what they want the gaming industry to be. I think it's possibly both. Even like you, you can be mistaken, but also you can be like, I don't care. Yeah, I, I think it's. There's a deliberateness to it that removes it from just pure accidental, but I think it's also one of those ones where it's a bunch of people that have been removed from what mainstream gaming has been for at least a decade or so because they've had success with a very specific template, and now they're like, we know what we people want, and it's like, oh, no, you don't, but also the fact that you don't is kind of indicative of larger problems, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. that's also true. Yeah. So, have we thrown it in the sack yet? No, we've not I ever am... signed off just yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've I've thrown something in the sack so far. Who's the? I I want to throw this one in the sack. Enough. It's all yours, Henry. All right, Ubisoft, get in the fucking sack. Next up, we're gonna talk about one that's a little bit picking on Alex. Unfortunately, not picking on him a little bit, but we're gonna kind of lean on him some. Let's talk about Blizzard Activision. I also think that we're gonna try from this point on, in a podcast sense at least, to use Blizzard Activision whenever we're talking about Blizzard because. I think maybe the sack-worthy thing this year is, this is, I think, at least for me, the year Blizzard went from being Blizzard to truly being Blizzard Activision in some ways. And that's mm-hmm. saying I kind of agree with you on that. Yeah. Yep. So, arguably not as controversial a year as last year, because, well, BlizzCon hasn't happened yet. Like, they were smart. They moved BlizzCon out beyond the Krampus cast. We can't shit on them yet for this. You'll have to wait till next year yep. kind of thing. You're, you've are been robbed of a whole year of us bringing up BlizzCon over and over again. Uh, but also, like, I keep remembering wrong, but I feel like the, the, 
the kind of lead up to that. Like BlizzCon was on for a long time up until like, mm-hmm. and maybe like a bunch of cons this year have done this thing too for a variety of kind of financial reasons. <laughs> but the BlizzCon one smelled officially weird. They they announced they were doing it. And they're like, nope, it's totally happening. And then it was like a month out. They're like, oh no, it's not actually. Like we're going to full digital and we're delaying it a massive amount. And by the way, Shadowlands is having problems. We don't want to talk about it. Uh, yeah, so I guess kind of like moving from just Blizzard to Blizzard Activision, this was the year of Ronald Reagan Call of Duty. This was the year of record layoffs despite uh, record profits. This was just, I, as our Blizzard correspondent, Alex, how do you feel about Blizzard at this point in time? Um, well, considering they've still consistently done a lot of really shitty shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, let's talk about... Let, let's go down the list of all the stuff for uh, Blizzard Activision this year. Sure. Uh, let's talk one of the biggest ones. Um, I believe... No, Blitzchung was last year, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Blitzchung was last year. Um, I mean, I would think that one of the biggest ones, obviously, we talked about it, was the Ronald Reagan COD thing, which I guess just... That one's kind of weird. I don't know. The whole, well, it's like the Call of Duty series really has generally tended to leave and heavily in, heavily into just being far right propaganda in a lot of ways. Well, I think almost this was, constantly. Well, I think it's one of the kind of, in my view, they've always been gun porn, and gun porn has its own kind of right wing leaning inherently because it's gun porn. But occasionally it has years where that the gun porn gets that extra X factor mixed in, and I think it's one of those ones. We're not saying you can't do a Cold War story. The Cold War is a very important time in yeah. geopolitical kind of history that should be analyzed and has a lot of rich stuff to mine from a gameplay setting. It's a, it's a complicated, mm-hmm. nuanced era of no one being the good guys necessarily, and a yes. lot of people being the bad guys. Yeah, COD is not the franchise to. No, isn't really capable of, so, capable of that nuanced approach. Yeah. So maybe I mean I would agree with you on the gun porn. I don't know if I would go as far as to say it's like super far right. No, I say I'm not saying it. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. Yeah. No, I mean definitely. I'm saying definitely a lot of games lean pretty heavily into just being flat out fucking propaganda. Like, well, yeah, war is good. War is good seems yeah. to be like ex- for all but one Call of Duty game. War of War is good is the overriding message. No, and that's what I was getting at. I guess like the games, like it's one of those things where kind of like you can't do gun porn without being a little bit leaning in one direction or the other kind of thing. It's just inherent to the gun porn aspect of COD kind of thing, where it's the it's not just a very cool gallery of guns. It's a gun. It's a game about shooting people with guns kind of thing, and well, specifically, being a part of the good guy military yeah. and shooting guns. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I would even say more of it is the big review, re- the revisionist history bullshit. Yes, yeah, and that's, that what, and that's what we're building with. up towards, I think. Yeah, like yeah. It's, and I think what we were kind of talking about before we got derailed there for a second is the fact that, like, COD games have had a weird take on history numerous times. I think the more future-facing they are, the better with increasing frequency. But it really felt, at least from a public perception, that their hot take on this very complicated era of geopolitical history, especially U.S. history, where a lot of kind of 
undeniably bad stuff got done, both abroad and local, was the most, like, pandering lack of context for the subject matter at hand take you could pull for the topic you were playing. I think it's one of those ones where that's what that that's why we're talking about this now. Like COD being COD is whatever. COD yeah. kind of surfacing a bunch of kind of very bizarre detrimental conspiracies and choosing to kind of like center around a fairly controversial political figure both in the US and outside the US. Like and it's worth saying like a US president's like that controversial. It's like, no, this guy did some shit that like Ran Contra Affairs was during the Cold War era, like, and that was real fucking bad. Lots of people went to fucking federal prison for that shit. Yeah. And Ronald Reagan probably should have as well. Yeah, this is the same president that brought the U.S. the crack epidemic, the whole HIV problem that, like, would not go away despite the fact that people acted like it wasn't a problem. Like, the AIDS epidemic was Ronald Reagan, the thing that people often like to forget. Yeah, and so, but yeah, when it comes to the Cold War, it's just like, the U.S. was doing a lot of dirty shit. Yeah. There's there's not a good guy here, but this game fully leans into, you know, hey, we're the good guys, and let's literally joke about shit that was really terrible yeah. in, in the history of the U.S. with no hint of irony or, even or self-reflection. Or it. like it's it, We're just making the yeah. joke without giving you kind of like any of the world around this topic at all. It's like, oh, ha-ha joke. Yeah. But it's, yeah, the complete revisionist history, I that's that's definitely the absolute proper term for it, Alex. Yeah. Revis- revisionist fucking history. And that's, I, I don't, that doesn't sit well with me. I really don't like that. Uh, I mean, and even then, we got more to pick on if we're just going to, Say some more Call of Duty shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk about their blatantly fucking horrible, like, uh, I think Activision's, Blizzard Activision's very much up there when it comes to, like, iconic bullshit loot box systems. Mm, yeah. Especially Call of Duty Mobile. Oh, like, yeah. Let's not, let's not fucking forget that. Call of Duty Mobile has some of the worst fucking bullshit ass loot box controversy which people actually tested and proved that like <laughs> their system for like I forget what special like it was like a promotion thing they were running was actually like a tons of bullshit like yeah yeah like so so I mean even if you were going to pick on the revisionist stuff and all that and say okay well maybe you guys are kind of leaning a little bit too far far in terms, like, let's say hypothetically, you guys were leaning, quote-unquote, a little too far on the revision of history stuff. Let's talk about the shitty fucking loot box controversies yeah. that they've gone through over the years. Yeah. I mean, it's no surprise that this is coming from the same company that fucking put a copyright patent on being able to, like, what was it, track player behavior in terms of, like, they did some shit a while ago where they actually had filed a copyright thing for it in terms of using, like, the grouping system to make sure that they get put in with people who are who have the 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 purchase DLC stuff or whatever, so they feel bad and they end up buying it afterwards. Like that was a thing we talked about a few years ago, I think, like one or two years ago. Yeah, you guys, get, you guys remember that? Oh at yeah, all? no, that was I think like but your sense. It's a couple years back at this point. Yeah, it was the yeah. It was basically the idea of pairing people with people that were investing in loot stuff to be like, man, look how cool that guy looks. 
Yeah. So, like, no surprise coming from that fucking company. And so, let's, and, and yeah, so that's Call of Duty. Now, let's just, what else does fucking Blizzard Activision have? Well, you know, despite all this, they've been crushing it in terms of profits. And, of course, Bobby Kotick being one of the highest-paid fucking video game CEOs in the industry, somehow still found it found a place in his heart to fucking lay off and close down two studios this year. Like... And this one's a double-timing one, too, where, like, that happened, and then, like, a month later, COVID happened. Yeah. So... But, like, I mean, beyond that, you have, like, one of the big... I guess one of the big ones that they shut down specifically was the one in, in France, or at least it's in the process of shutting down, when, like, France... The France hub for Blizzard has been a long-time staple of, like, being a part of Blizzard, and also handles tons of the support for all the European, like, groups, so just having that flat-out shut down is also just fucking huge. Like, that's big, and I think that actually sped it off, and that's... <laughs> France is the one that has the lawsuit going on currently with Blizzard, as I recall, or Blizzard Activision, correct? Am I wrong on that one? I think so. I think, I think so. Yeah. No, am I am I wrong on it, or like that? That's the one that is currently suing. No, that's that's right. Yeah, uh, that that tied up yeah. in Brexit and stuff like that too. Yeah. So. But yeah. So between like all that, I mean, fuck. I mean, I don't know. Did I miss something? There's got to be more. It's an Activision. We used to shit on them a lot. This year. They always seem to have somehow. Well, it's kind of an ongoing fun. thing, I guess. Like it, most of it was kind of the yeah. Shadowlands got delayed, then kind of like stealth announced they were gay. Or they was like, "Hi, we're coming out next week," and you're like, so, "What?" So, okay, so call, Shadowlands being delayed, I actually won't hold. Yeah, no, I was saying we should. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I mean, hell, we were literally shitting on a game earlier. That got yeah, delayed, no, and, uh, and then people got mad that it wasn't. wasn't saying yeah. we should. My point was more like that's a lot of the conversation this year was Shadowlands focused, just because like WoW has been rough on you in a variety of. We could talk about BFA being a fucking shit. Uh, do you want to talk about that? Like this is truly the airing of grievances. Uh, BFA was a big fucking shitstorm, and it's amazing how many people have not looked back to that expansion at fucking all <laughs> since I've been playing. Um, I will say there's a lot of stuff that's gone well this year, but this this is not a time of speaking about things that are doing well in the game. This is a time where we get to shit yeah. on games uh, in general. So, yeah, Battle for Azeroth was a shit-tier expansion that should be... In fact, it's so bad, it's in the ranked shit shows list, uh, actually. So, uh, yeah. But, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I just... Yeah, I... I it was uh there was a thing actually there was a bug in the game recently just to kind of show you how much people don't want to fucking go back to Shadowlands or to uh the Battle for Azeroth. There was a bug where if you did the emissary quest in the Battle for Azeroth areas, you're still getting the full fucking gold amount and the huge like bonus for gold as if you did it. And people in the comment section when they found out about it were like, "You can't pay me enough gold to fucking go back and do Shadow or." Battle for Azeroth content. Fuck that place. <laughs> and they eventually hotfixed it, but the fact that like the general consensus was, I don't give a fuck how much gold they give me. I'm not going back to that shitty fucking expansion content, so... Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm glad I can throw away Shadow... Or not, I keep saying Shadowlands. 
Uh, I'm glad I can fucking throw away Battle for Azeroth, the rest of the shitty stuff that came out of Blizzard Activision this year. So, uh, am I missing anything? I feel like... It almost feels like since it's Blizzard Activision, there should be more... Yeah, but I think it's more like a long, drawn-out story of this is the story, yeah. Yeah, I think... Yeah. I I think we've hit all that I can think of, so... Uh, I guess without further ado, can, may I do the honors on this one? Uh, well, Blizzard Activision, get in the fucking sack. I think one of the reasons like we talked about it a little bit more often is with all the former... You know, major employees of Blizzard going off and starting their own yeah. companies. That's right. A lot. Most, yeah. Multiple companies. Multiple companies at this point. Just this year. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons it, it ended up in the news a few more times. Yeah, it's something just hung kind of a around reminder. for a while. It wasn't like a one and done yeah. kind of situation. Yeah. Alright, let's talk about my ironic favorite sackable thing from 2020 and it's the last of us two mm. and there's kind of there's two halves to this you have the whole crunch stuff you have kind of around the last of us two that kind of was this whole separate topic like the naughty dog studio sounds like it was a not great place to work and that by its own measure is potentially sack worthy given some of the stories that came out of that what's more sack worthy though and it's not and this is even The Last of Us 2's fault. It was everything around The Last of Us 2. Like, it was a cyberpunk-level kind of fallout from that thing, but of a totally different proportion. It's like, if you wanted to see the worst of the gaming industry kind of laid bare in terms of misogyny, sexism, homophobia, kind of like, all of the isms and obias you could throw at the gaming industry in a negative way, came out to show themselves off as part of this thing, and you could not, like, the Last of Us 2 subreddit, or the Last of Us subreddit, whatever the actual thing was called, was this amazingly terrible place where it was a, in theory, it was a subreddit that was a dedicated fandom to this thing that was just this toxic cesspit of people picking apart and trying to, like, justify all their shittiness towards the game for the most, like, increasingly ridiculous reasons where it's like, oh, this, why is this character jacked and therefore unfuckable? It's like, I, what? That's your argument yeah, on this one? A, that was a weird fucking stance to take on a character. Yeah. <laughs> I remember hearing about that, like, what? Well, so, and, and let's, like, let's run through the whole story of this thing. Like, the controversy started off with, and spoilers, I guess, but also, like, no, you've been on the internet. Um, uh, Joel, the main character, the protagonist of the first game, gets killed pretty early on, and a lot of people have this kind of weird, like, dad worship thing going on with Joel, like, he's been built up to be one of these video game dads where I, an intellectual that actually played the first Last of Us game, go, when you start that game, Joel's a fucking gun- a gun-running drug seller, like, he's not a good person within the confines of of this world of bad people kind of thing. Like, the game is pretty explicit that, like, they never flat out say it, but they heavily imply Joel's been involved in at least maybe the slave trade, definitely the drug trade, and has definitely stolen food from poor people's mouths. That's just kind of who Joel is. And he goes through a kind of arc of redemption and stuff, but people like to forget the fact that Joel starts off that game as a murderous kind of shit heel 
and ends that game as a murderous shit heel that dooms humanity potentially by not willing to make a sacrifice for the greater good, despite another character being like, no, I want to do this for the greater good. Like, there's an argument to be made that guy ends the game in the most, like, individually selfish point any video game protagonist has ever ended a game in, hypothetically. But you could also gussy that up as, no, it's fatherly love, and blah, 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 he couldn't do that to her, and ah, meh, 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 meh. But whatever. So then you pick up with The Last of Us 2, where it's flash-forwarded some, um, a character seats justifiable revenge on Joel and gets it, and that kind of sparked the whole thing off. So you had Ellie's whole lesbian story that people, like, from the jump were upset about for no good defendable reason. Then you had the Maggie thing, where you have this kind of buff muscle chick going out and they're killing Joel, and she's kind of like, She's too tough to be a female in the in the video game post-apocalypse of The Last of Us. I demand this thing to be photorealistic and actually real. She couldn't have gotten the nutritional supplements required, despite the fact that this is a world we can suspend disbelief and go, yeah, but Mushroom Monster is totally a thing. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, you know, I mean, these aren't things we can throw on to Naughty Dog, yeah. I mean, so... Oh, no, this is, this is why I'm saying this. We're in the second half of The Last of Us, like... Yeah, Na- Naughty Dog, whatever you 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 had your shitty crunch. That's its own sack worthy thing. We're into the like actual thing that should go in the sack for The Last of Us, and it's this kind of even up to a couple weeks ago, you had the whole thing where like I think it was Game Gaming Circle Jerk on Reddit was like, we don't care who wins the Last of Us, uh, who wins Game of the Year, so long as the assholes over on the Last of Us subreddit lose. Like it's you know vote for Last of Us two for Game of the Year. Just to piss off the quote gamers, yeah, yeah. I, the vitriol aimed at a game that like had other problems with it, but also people generally seem to be like, yeah, it's a good sequel. The Last of Us, like the just rampant, highly vocal bullshit that was going around, and it was it was even good yeah. bullshit. Like it, like cyberpunk, you can genuinely have problems with Last of Us yeah. Two. I'm sure there are genuine complaints you can have about that game for a variety of reasons, but like that wasn't what the loud sounds were about. It was shitty behavior and unfuckable women. And why is this woman in the game if she can't be hot? Yeah, I. I guess it's kind of two separate sackings. You have The Last of Us for just the egregious amount of crunch on the naughty dog end, but then you kind of have. The Last of Us quotations community. I, what do you even call that? Like toxic pit, waste fault, waste field. I subreddit. Yeah, yeah it, it, you get two seconds the price of run one. I guess out of this thing, and I'm not saying Last of Us is even a bad <laughs> game. It's just kind of you, you, both on the dev end and the consumer end. You have just. At a minimum, eye-rolly offenses that you're like, come on, be better. Yeah. And for that last of us, you find yourself in the sack. Undeservedly, because I hear that game is quite good, but at the same time, we we can't not talk about this stuff this year. It's it's too much of what this yeah. year was. So this is kind of like, yeah, weird misogynists. Yeah, that that's who... Or that have kind of revoiced themselves yeah. during this. Yeah. Uh, where should we go next on our fun list? Should we do a oh, Twitch drama? We forgot, we, we forgot to put them in the sack. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Yeah. So, so get in the sack, get your beatings, et cetera, et cetera. 
uh, where to next? We can do another couple quick ones. We can do kind of one of our larger form ones. I feel like our last big ones are Evo and Twitch drama. Yeah. Um, Should we do Twitch real quick? Like, I, I feel like we're kind of building up to Twitch, and I feel like we've got that one over where we'll have a little more breathing room again. Um, okay. You guys want to talk about Twitch? And for the record, we're not talking about all of Twitch. We're talking about kind of Twitch the company slash Twitch the gaming space, because there's always a lot to talk about Twitch from in a not-so-positive way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where to start, I guess? Like, arguably the biggest kind of public-facing one of the year is the bizarre shadow bans that affected a variety of people's livelihoods that, in most cases, are still kind of an alleged mystery as to what the fuck happened, but also I think it's kind of some come up. It's finally caught up to some people based on some dumb behavior, so yep. who the fuck knows on that topic? But that on itself is bad, and it did impact a variety of people from a financial standpoint of Hey, your job just called you one day and was like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, I, I think the the bigger thing here is and this is something that I've kind of like written something actually to remind myself about just Twitch grew beyond well beyond anybody's expectations i'm going to say like nobody i don't think expected to be like eventually bought by amazon because of how fucking big it got but their problem ongoing problem is they are too chicken shit to draw a fucking line in the sand like they won't just say these are the things we're disallowing they almost never say that they just put out vague bullshit and then are then become very have become very well known for being very uneven in enforcing fucking anything, in part because most of their shit is vague bullshit because they're they won't just take a stand. They won't just say here's definite things, and they rarely do it. And then when they do it, it's usually a big, just ham-fisted approach, which is somewhat understandable, but sometimes is just also stupid and and ham-fisted and just yeah not the right way to do it like for instance you know I'll mention you know the the how they've handled the DMCA finally coming down on them so but it's <sighs> Twitch as a entity is just has such deep problems and it's because yeah i feel like a lot of it is because they don't want to take a hard stand on some things because they want it to be kind of more vague but well they'll take hard stands on shit that doesn't actually like it like when we were talking earlier about the banning of like incel simp and stuff like that like they'll 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 put a hard fucking like Line in the sand about that, which is like, I mean, it's but, fine. But kind of a somewhat meaningless in the lighter problem yeah. of what the actual problem is, which is people being abusive, like people on exactly. Twitch being abusive, which they have been very, very poor about dealing with. Like, that's been a thing that's come out. It's like several streamers have said, we've reported, you know, people who have been really, really badly abusive and nothing's been done. Yeah. It's all those things where they can look like they're 
doing something about it without actually doing anything about it. Yeah. And I mean, it shows with their like DMCA thing that happened. Like, let's not forget that a while ago they had like the massive nuke of content because they didn't have a way to protect their their streamers from DMCA liability or whatever. Like, they could have easily done what Facebook Gaming did. Well, um, and what they like, did was the one- yeah. Go ahead. Like, this is the one thing I give Facebook Gaming credit for, is they actually were like, hey, you don't worry, we'll take care of licensing stuff for music. And so there's a bunch of music you can play that's, like, protected that you can do no problem on Facebook Gaming because they looked out for their content creators in that sense. And so you have Facebook Gaming on one hand who's doing shit like that, and then you have Twitch saying, maybe just play the game with no sound. That'll fix it. Like, are you fucking serious? Like, that's your resolution for it? Is a, hey, just don't play with fucking music. Well, the- and in fact, I thought it was funny because, like, there's a guy who plays Guitar Hero. Like, that's his whole thing. And he did his version of DMCA-friendly Guitar Hero. And it's just him doing na-na-na-na-na. And he's playing fucking Guitar Hero so the notes are still going on the screen. But he's just, like, fucking barely humming it or doing it. Just... Because that's the quote-unquote DMCA-friendly way to approach it. It's just, it's so, again, it, you know, like you were saying, Henry, they can, like, they'll, they'll, like, do things that, like, obviously have no long-standing actual effects. But, like, when you need them, they're like, hey, have you tried just doing this? And it's just, like, dumb. Well, and also, they did it in a ham-fisted way, in just a very dumb way, or, st- or stupid way, a very r- ridiculously stupid way, in that they they des- they decided to just say, we're just going to take these videos off, and you all get strikes, but you don't get to contest it. See, that, and that actually, under the DMCA, is actually illegal. You You have to give Anybody who has been accused of of violating the DMCA is supposed to be given the ability to refute it, to the ability to respond to it, and to you know, and to say no. Actually, like for instance, like this is my music. Like, like right now, um, whenever I open my own stream, uh, I you know I usually have a starting. I have a starting screen, sort of, when I'm starting my screen stream. and But I'm playing music from a band I used to be in, because I know nobody's going to claim that, because I am part owner of that music, so nobody's going to, like... And, but the thing is, like, if it happened to be too similar to something else that exists, they could just throw a strike on it, or somebody could actually just, you know... Uh, illicitly claim the song is theirs, which has happened a lot. It's just happened quite often. And then just claim it's theirs, and then I get a strike on me when it's literally my song. I mean... Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, they're... Instead of, like, dealing with it in sort of a manner... Like, on YouTube, if somebody... If somebody... If you get a claim, you can reply to that claim and say, no, actually, that's bullshit. But you can't do that on Twitch. They have no. They still, by the way, have no mechanism to do that. Yeah, like it's it's just it, it. Don't be surprised if someone does actually try to claim it harder because, like, let's not forget a couple years ago, and it was something that got debated in the Supreme Court. 
I don't know if you guys ever heard about this case, but John Fogarty was sued by John Fogarty uh, <laughs> because he sounded like John Fogarty. Yeah. Um, which was a huge thing if you guys never heard about, but it was, I guess, his, his, uh, who was it? His old, was it Fantasy Records was his old label? Sued him because he sang, the way he sang or whatever was too similar to his way he was when he was part of that label. So they sued him for singing like himself, essentially. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. Which actually went all the way to the Supreme Court. So, yeah, let's, let's, yeah, not fucking surprised, like, if, if that does happen eventually kind of thing, like, with Twitch and DMCA bullshit, but yeah. <sighs> DMCA bullshit aside, like, I mean, we obviously talked about the, like, the, the the stuff where they'll, like, they'll put their foot down on things that are really kind of non-consequential, if you will. Um, but when it comes to, like, I mean, they'll come down on stuff when it comes to, like, I don't know. Well, they'll get mad when you'll use phrases like sip and sell and all that stuff in their chat, but when you have an actual fucking sexual predator who works for Twitch, they get real fucking quiet about it for a while, which I guess leads into our next part about Twitch, which was the sexual assault harassment issues that went down with not just, I mean, not just with people in the Twitch community, but a fucking Twitch employee himself. Like, it was real fucking bad. Um, and. What time was it? How long ago? It feels like it was so long ago, but I know it wasn't that... Was it during the summer? Sounds right. I don't remember, though, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, where you have, like... What's it called? You had tons of people in the community speaking out on um, on people in their, like, I guess, circles where they had people who were just, like doing flat-out really shady sexual assault level of bad. I mean, it was it was really gnarly. I mean, I know one that I heard about, at least the communities I follow, was the one with um, Method and their rating team and a guy who was involved in all that. Like, it was really bad um, to the point where it was, like, involving minors potentially, and it was, it was just fucking horrible. Um, yeah. Let's see. So you had Method. There were a bunch of other ones where you had, like, I think there was a guy in offline TV who also got accused of some real shitty behavior. And, like, again, all this stuff was mainly around, like, sexual assault. Like, that's the thing. It wasn't just like, oh, this guy's a bad person. Like, no, it was <laughs> this person was either engaged in sexual assault or harassment or, like, these people stood by while this happened and no one said anything. And so it kind of became very, like, it was really interesting to watch because, like, when one person really came out about it, the fight, the floodgates opened, and it gave people like the courage to speak out on it, mm -hmm. to really get out there and be like, "No, this kind of shit is going on." And like, I, I think watching some organizations respond when this stuff started coming out and going, "Yeah, no, we're not cool with this. You're fucking out," which I think was great. But then you had responses like, "I'll, I'll use the one for uh, method." Method had known about, or at least was familiar with the bullshit that one of their guys was doing. And this is the guy who, what I said, involved minors, potentially. And they were just kind of playing a blind eye to it. 
<laughs> until it got so bad that it like literally imploded the organization. Like Method does not exist anymore. They've tried rebuilding as something else, but I don't know how well that's going to go ultimately, if it still is. I think they did reform as like Echo. Actually, yeah, I think they're Echo now, but like a lot of the people who were involved in all that stuff are no longer involved in that organization. But they've essentially rebranded at this point. Um, but I mean, you also had like, I mean, I guess we'll go into it the Twitch employee who was accused of sexual um, misconduct. An assault at at Twitch. Yeah. So, and that guy was Hassan Bakari, if you guys remember him. He was the actually... So he was the accounts director for strategic partnerships at Twitch. Yeah. So this is a dude who's fucking up there. Basically, kind of the gatekeeper for partnerships at Twitch. Yeah. And so when you have a guy at this level, like, doing this kind of shit, it's no surprise you would hear stories of, like, people getting away with certain things because they knew this guy or they essentially played ball. But it was, like, essentially it whittles down to this guy was a fucking shitbag because he used his position of power to basically, like, have control over these fucking people who were making their livelihoods on Twitch. Like, yeah. So it was interesting because, like, his... No one said, like, people had come out and spoken about him when all this stuff was going on, and Twitch didn't say anything. Like, they were ready to shut down, they shut down tons of other channels of people who were accused of sexual assault. Well, I said, like, no problem, quick, done. But when it was one of the their own in their own house, they got real fucking quiet about it for a while. And it wasn't until one day the channel was, his the Deuce channel was banned, and his staff status was removed that, like, is when we found out. There was no announcement. There was no, like, hey, we've heard you guys. We're, this guy's no longer employed. Like, it was people flat out. Like, people just like, oh, yeah, his band and his account no longer has a fucking employee status. Like, it's, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. So. Yeah, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I'm looking back at it. Was it? Let's see. I found an article where they talk about it here. A Twitch representative declined to comment on Bakari's employment status, but acknowledged other elements of the investigation. <laughs> where they said, "We take these accusations seriously. We engaged a reputable third-party firm to conduct a thorough and impartial investigation of the allegations. While it is our policy to keep individual employment information confidential, the investigation has concluded, and we have taken action in accordance to the individual's findings." So, yeah. But apparently he, I mean, now he has been fired. Like, he's not an employee of the company anymore and got banned from Twitch in general. Like, his channel's been banned, so. Yeah, so, but, yeah. It was just, Twitch taking a really shitty stance when it was one of their own was really, really telling, yeah. I guess I could say. So. I think that's probably um, the gist of things for the Twitch topic at that point, like. We can get real granular, but I'm not sure we necessarily need to. Like, we've got other podcasts you can go back and track down if you so wish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. There is a there is a bunch of bullshit with Twitch, for sure. This year. So, I feel like this was a community effort, so do you want to throw it in the bag together there, uh, Henry? Sure. Keep up on this one? Sure. All right. Two-personer. <laughs> yeah, it's a two-personer. All right, Twitch? Get in the bag.
Let's go. <laughs> While we're on the Twitch topic, this has been a good year for Twitch. We've seen some really cool stuff happen. We've also seen some kind of questionable dumb things happen, and I think kind of no more emblematic standout of this one exists than the uh, U.S. Armed Forces on Twitch, which has been a bit of a kind of an ongoing thing on this podcast this year. There's no kind of black and white on this one either. This one's pretty much a, yeah, no, you guys were in the wrong on this one, but so you had, the base of the story is you had people going on to the Twitch pages asking questions about, like, some real stuff the U.S. government has done and via the armed forces previously, and then getting banned from said channel for that, and that led to a whole set of other bizarre conversations about if the U.S. government could even technically do that because of censorship reasons, and it just got dumber and dumber, and not in like a like dismissible dumb way, but a why the fuck is the U.S. Army even on Twitch? No, actually, why the fuck is the U.S. Army even on Twitch? Yep. Propaganda. Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't even be a thing. But the bigger thing was it was it it is in our First Amendment. Specifically, the government cannot censor free free speech, and that's a thing that's come up before on Twitter. It, like, if it's being run, I mean, these are official. This isn't just random person in the military streaming. This is an official stream for the army and an official stream for the navy. Like, it's their official streams. So, yeah, brought up that whole question, too. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't think we need to go too far into this one. But, yeah, U.S. military channels on Twitch get in the fucking sack. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got a couple other kind of quick ones to go through. I, I think my kind of favorite, this is a weird one that actually happened a couple of days ago, and I think this is kind of an emblematic of 2020 just kind of where people have found themselves either of you have been following this kid that was like i guess like a, a rowdy reagan rowdy reagan have your pronounces rogan rogan that sounds right was a twitch streamer doing cod stuff the issue being he's six and that's a variety of terms of services stuff issues both from yeah. a twitch standpoint twitter standpoint and a you know playing cod standpoint and he received a ban and then it came out, the band was this whole highly orchestrated thing the dad did to go viral, and I feel like that whole thing is worthy of being nope, kind of thrown in the sack for this, because, yeah, what the fuck, man? Like, that seems kind of mildly exploitative. I don't even remember that. It's been, like, the last, like, week or two. One. Like, we haven't bothered talking yeah. about it, because we have better stuff to talk about, but, like, the last, like, week has been... This whole thing's blowing up on the dad and the kid where it's like, yeah, no, uh, turns out this whole thing was manufactured mildly and it feels like it just kind of feels like and this is in its own way sack worthy for the kind of whole antics of it. But I think also on top of that, like it's just this is where a lot of people are at in COVID in 2020 kind of thing. Like it's yeah, fuck it, let's fake a ban from Activision for a thing that like is questionable parenting at best. <laughs> And, yeah, the whole uh, Rowdy Rogan thing, you are definitely sack-worthy. Received your beatings in the sack. <laughs> Moving on from that, though, I, I I think I'm saving Evo for our last hurrah, if you will, for this. Like, it feels like what we have to go out on, which means it's time to talk about GameStop. Well, I mean, I guess we could, but, like, Evo... 
Is Evo that big that we're going to consider it that maybe? I, I think that, no, I think definitely we need to talk, we'll need to talk about Evo in particular. Yeah. Well, I guess the question is, yeah. do we want to go into our big one, or do we want to do one or two more kind of small ones and end with our big one, I guess? Because I think, like, at least for me, the Evo thing is the biggest, like, if you were to pick a letdown of the year, it's Evo for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess maybe we'll kind of talk about other fighting game community. Well, stuff. I think it's, it's, kind of, it's all kind of part of one umbrella at that point, I think. Like, it's the a fighting game community. Thema- I, feel I guess thematically, about. yeah. 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 It, it, it's weird. Like, maybe it's just the FGC in general at that point, but it's like, I guess, two we want to go through. And maybe let's just fucking dive into Evo and the FGC at this point, because it's been a rough year for that. We've have talked our way into it sure. at this point. And. <clears throat> We're not being hyperbolic where we say the FGC got just rocked by some real hardcore sexual abuse and predatory behavior. Basically, anything bad in that spectrum, uh, there were pretty substantiated allegations that came out of it this year, and it led to Evo 2020 getting canceled, and even like the online version they were doing kind of post-COVID. And I, I, it's... This one hits home, because at least for me, I fucking love Evo. It's like it's one of my favorite video game things of the year, and in the year of COVID, oh, yeah. the fact they found a way to go online with Evo, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, we're going to do Evo still, and it got that canceled. <laughs> like, fuck, me and Alex talked about, like, is this year we go to Evo so we can watch, like, the fucking Marvel vs. Capcom 2 tournament? Like, that could be a pretty cool yeah. weekend. <laughs> I remember yeah. we talked about like early yeah. on off the podcast. Like, hey, do you guys do you want to go to? Evo oh, I was going to bring it up, and then like, COVID was... happened. I'm like, yeah, it's not happening. And then it was like, oh, may, uh, if that hadn't happened, we would have had tickets. I think at least I would have. Like, Jen was all on board to have me go to Vegas for this. She's like, yeah, no, you should go to Evo. Like, if, if you're gonna pick a year to go Evo for you, like this would be the year. It sounds like Ki is back. Fucking Marvel vs. Capcom yeah. 2 is a thing. Like, yeah, all the games that you, like, scream obscenities about once a year because Evo are happening <laughs> this weekend. I'm like, yeah, no, I, I would go. And that didn't happen. And then yeah. it doubly didn't happen. You know, I gotta say, it doubly kind of screwed you, and I'll tell you why. Number one, we would have gone in person, and we would have watched it, and we would have gotten KI, we would have gotten Marvel yeah. 2. It would have been great. And then when it got canceled and they had the online Evo... You were even stoked for that because Smash wasn't. Oh yeah, at Evo no, it was a it was an Evo point. without any version of Smash. Oh, it's it's the perfect. And you Evo were at fucking that point. stoked about that. Yeah. So even if you didn't get your in person Evo, you had your fuck Smash. We're getting Evo only fighting games. Yeah. and then that got fucking canceled. And not like for a fun or like justifiable like oh COVID's happened we can't do it online. No, it got canceled because humans were being shitty and canceling was 100% the right call. So you had a variety of kind of oh yeah. Like, the, the person that got caught in this, we're going to go into a couple seconds uh uh, the person that kind of got caught was as it Zero? Was the guy named Zero over at Smash? That sounds right. I was talking more of the Mr. Wizard part of it. Like, Oh, no, there was a Smash no, player. We're, we're getting got- to that, too. Don't get me wrong. We're, we're, we're going to work our way through the entire FGC. We're still on the Evo part of this because it was one, then the other. Yeah, so uh, uh, Joey, Mr. Wizard, Kuler? Kuler? Kular? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, I used to call him fucking yeah, Mr. Yeah, Wizard, Mr. Wizard to all of us that follow the FGC. I 
it, it kind of a, it came out that the man has been involved in some questionable behavior involving was he one of the minors people or was just kind of general question? Yes, yeah, he that's right. Like, yeah, I, I think was. it was like yeah, involving minors and women and just kind of every gross thing you could think of in this spectrum of thing stuff came out of it. Not like one or two allegations. It was a lot and. That rapidly led to Evo being cancelled, but then the kind of Pandora's box was open, and since we were taking a critical look at the FGC, then it turned out a lot of people in the FGC were problematic. And, at least unsurprising me, because there's been stories about it for literal years, the Smash community came out there and just, oh, they they represented hardcore and the wow, there's some fucking problematic things in this in this part of the FGC, ain't there? And you, you got, at least for me, and like this kind of like it's this is not me kind of like waxing poetically. As someone who's a huge fan of GS of the FGC and the fact that it's kind of the one of the older organized kind of like generally speaking net good parts of the video game industry. It's 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 the most or, it's it's the organized competitive part of it. I think that actually does a good job of not being asshats with some frequency in terms of they're being asshats all along, unfortunately. At least from a kind of public perception, they were like, yeah, they're, they're it's the FGC. They're, they're the whole, they're a hardcore community of fans that, like, for better or worse, have been hard to penetrate from a corporate angle. Like, you've got the CSGOs, the Halos, all the shooter stuff is very kind of esported up. The FGC was still fucking video games, man. And just watching kind of just every allegation pop out, it's like it was like blisters coming off this thing. It's like, it, there was almost like a thing exploding, like everything got hit, and that just absolutely sucked to watch in the slow motion that happened, and it's one of those things for kind of like on the sliding scale of how bad are the allegations, we were way into straight up pedophilia allegations relatively quickly, where you're like, oh, yeah, holy yeah. fuck! Well, the shit with, uh, with Mr. Wizard specifically was like not just sexual harassment, but grooming. it was also pedophilia. Yeah. Grooming, yeah, yeah. straight grooming up grooming. And pedophilia, yeah. And like the guy, the guy, one of the one of the people who talked specifically about Mr. Wizard was a guy who didn't even realize it happened until another guy in the FGC heard the story and was like, "Dude, yeah, you just gave him like fucking jerk off material, like, yeah." And like, and just to kind of show you like the level of like how high. If, if you guys aren't familiar with Mr. Wizard, he was. The fucking CEO of Evo. Like, he was, like, so the top three people for Evo in terms of the organization was Mr. Wizard and the Cannon Brothers, um, who were old school Street Fighter, like, dudes back in the day and all that. Like, it got real fucking bad. Like, when you have somebody that high up, like, involved in that, it's crazy. Like, fuck. Yeah, like one one of the faces of evil, like the like one of the kind of like parental figures of the FGC. It's like ah, oh, yeah. I mean, I would even say it's the like face. Yeah, of it's Mister Fucking Wizard. Yeah, you're right. You're it's right, Mister Wizard. It's the face of Wizard. Like people don't know. What, I mean, some, if you're not familiar with like, and I don't know. I don't remember what the Cannon Brothers look yeah. like, but I sure should know what Mister Wizard yeah. looks like. Like, just to give you, like, that's the level of visual that you have with this guy. So he got removed, and, <clears throat> yeah, he got removed, and, like, yeah, gone, everything. Like, he's been removed from the company, all that. I think Ken, Tony Cannon took over Evo, 
Um, after that, but like, this was enough of a big yeah. deal. I'm still not convinced Evo comes back this upcoming year. Like, I, I think it will. I want it to, like, because I love Evo. But at the same time, like, if, if you were gonna let something die, like, there are far less legit reasons than like it being like, no, we had to let Evo die because it's now become this kind of like gross example of one kind of person semi like, not semi like monstrous behavior and abuse of power through a what people viewed as a very kind of supportive and close-knit and friendly chunk of the video game industry like we're all competitors but also like there's a sense of kinship in the fgc that doesn't exist in a lot of other places like yeah we should on smash a lot and i'm glad they were and i'm glad they got removed from evo digital but at the same <laughs> time like i should on smash as hard as i did because i knew the stories of what Smash community was kind of like, and mm-hmm. we haven't kind of given that its whole due yet. It's a time to talk about that because that was like the worst that came out of the whole uh, Evo Fallout. I guess was the fact that like, hey, turns out that this chunk of the FGC show has been shitting on for years for veiled reasons. Finally, got full on exposed, and you can finally shit on them for legit reasons. Like the stories of kind of aggressive. Maybe not full on, but like grooming, pedophilia, like very bad age matchups of kind of relationships in that thing, and very aggressive aspects of that whole kind of scene of things. It's been around for fucking ever. I didn't know half the stories that came out as part of that, but you'd you'd hear kind of like, yeah, um, the Smash community is an interesting community. They don't bathe and other stuff. What other stuff? Neckbeardy shit. How neckbeardy? Real neckbeardy. Uh, yeah, and I, I I arguably found that one grosser to follow in some weird ways. Like that, just like, and it was just stacking allegations, stacking allegation again. Like, uh, what was that one person got for like thirty some odd allegations against them of three different people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hell, like even some of the highest competing people yeah. there, like Zero. I think, yeah, Gonzalo Zero Barrios, whatever yeah. his name is. Yeah. That dude had, like, he was, like, a top eight, or not top eight, like, yeah, he was a consistently one of the top Smash players of all time. Like, he had a 56-tournament win streak, uh, I think it was Smash Brothers Wii U, like, yeah. Also involved, not just in fucking sexual misconduct, but with fucking minors, yeah. like, and that was, I think that was the shitty, really, the really, really fucking shitty part about this is I think, like, Sexual misconduct with minors was a fucking recurring. Thing oh yeah, no, and that, that's the Smash yeah. community, like, and and that's been. And like, I, I think I said at the time, I'm still waiting for it to come out in a couple other ones. Like it's the if you're involved in the FGC, there were for years rumors about, hey, um, Smash has some problems that like we can't prove this, but you occasionally hear some stories. This occasionally like some kind of public couples in that thing where. If you do a little bit of digging, you get some real uncomfortable questions real quick. Yeah. And that all kind of came out in force. Like, uh, I think it was Smash out of the story of that woman that was busy, like, it was too, I, she was, like, aggressively going after underage guys, I think, or something. I could be confusing my kind of shittiness of 2020. Though. I feel like that came out of that there at some point. Who knows? Yeah, I. it was just a, like, flood of just, holy Fuck stories out of that one, and I guess we're on the FGC. You guys want to talk about uh, Mike Zymot next? Like, we'll finish off with Evo and the Sash, the Smash. I think it's just FGC 2020 is our sack worthy kind of entry at this point. Yeah, 
All right. Yeah. So, all right. So Mike Zymont is no, let's, probably let's, let's, going... like, Mike Zymont's a whole separate topic. I was just kind of queuing up our oh. next one, I guess. Like, okay. Yeah, I, I okay, think yeah. like. Well, are we throwing FGC twenty twenty? Oh, absolutely! Like it maybe gets its own yeah. sack, and it gets thrown on a river and left there to die. It gets the Rasputin treatment, I think. Like for me, like <laughs> for me, thing that like personally <laughs> upset me the most this year in a year where there's lots of like <laughs> truly upsetting things. The fact that like this thing I looked forward to every year got like not just canceled, but like. The history of it has now been tainted for me, at least in some ways. Where like it, yeah, like, I, I, yeah, like I, I love Evo and the fact that it got canceled and brought back. I'm like, yeah, we're doing it. And then it's like, no, you should. I, the fact that you had me going, you should cancel Evo and maybe Evo should never come back, kind of thing. Like there should be a new thing called Evo because like anything Mister Wizard Touch now needs to wither and die a little bit like if the fgc is going to survive we need to take a hard stance of like let it burn let it burn to the ground like clean the goddamn house on this one and yeah I, yeah yeah no again I, I i've made my like i want the fgc to go back to the horse head masks in the basement kind of days but i this isn't what i was talking about like i, I want that i want the fgc weird I don't want it to be this, and like this is what you get, unfortunately, when you have that weird around, and that's just tragic. And like it, it sucks. Like as a fan of fighting games, a fan of competitive fighting games, and the fact that it's managed to kind of maintain its kind of backyard wrestling indie fight feeling to it, I've always thought was kind of a cool, endearing thing. But also with that, you get this, and like it's been a kind of complicated topic of me being like. Fuck it, make it esports at this point. Like, I, I don't want to ever have to go through this ever again in a part of video games I wholeheartedly love, kind of thing. Like, it's just. It's demoralizing and depressing and a variety of. Like I said, like, there are worse things on this list in some ways. Maybe not, depending on how you think of some of this stuff, but, like, from a thing that, like, negative impacted me the most the FGC 2020, uh, the Evo, the kind of the Smash community, all that stuff just kind of rolls up into its own. Just sack that I don't want even. I don't even have to touch to hit it with a stick, kind of thing. Like truly, it's beat it with a stick, throw it off a bridge, shoot the shit out of that sack after you pull it out of the river a couple days later, and then burn it, kind of thing. Just burn it all to the ground. And yes, yeah, get in the sack and yeah, be better, FGC. I'll just throw that one out there. And it's not helped by the fact that so we kind of alluded to this a couple seconds ago. Let's talk about Mike Zaymont. Zaymont, we've talked about him recently in kind of context to FGC. He is one of the big people behind one of my favorite indie fighting games, tragically, the Skullgirls game, and he's just proved himself to be a real shit human being. Take it away, Yeah, Henry. so so essentially, alright, he was given sort of ownership of the company with the with the idea that he would be moving towards uh making it uh completely worker owned that the employees would have a uh, full sort of ownership you know split ownership over the company that's going to be a well, video game collective yeah he didn't fucking do that so we'll, we'll we'll just start with that that's already sort of he's a shit guy but what really when it came to uh, head was essentially like 
he was accused of basically making inappropriate remarks like sexual harassment towards uh, women, and multiple incidents happened there. And it was just a... He had been apparently using his position of power to just uh, basically be a, a regular sexual harasser in the office. Like, touching people, even, and, like, talking about, you know, his junk, and, yeah, yeah, uh, using, you know, trying to harass and trying to blackmail and just overall completely awful predatory behavior. And this all came out, came to a head, and then they, basically, it ended up with Lab Zero just emptying out, like everybody fucking left. And by the way, started a brand new. Yeah, company. no. On one hand, they started a new studio, and I'm all happy for that. Like, if that's yeah, what we need to get, but, get like scullier girls or something. I'm all for that decision. Yeah, <laughs> scullier yeah. girls. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like they are essentially like the parent owners, the publishers have actually taken on the development of Skullgirls without Lab Zero. Without, without the... Uh, so they, they basically have said, no, we're not working with Lab Zero anymore, ever, and we will continue work on school, Skullgirls, on, yeah. on updating it. But, alright, so that... So, we've kind of covered here, like, what Zymont did that was just, like, utterly a pattern. That like, alone like is one or two incidents. Yeah, like, it's... Based on that behavior alone, we'd be talking about him. It gets a little bit worse and more complicated. Alright, so, now that he's basically become a bit of a pariah, he decided to try to worm his way back into the industry. You know, without ever, you know, making a mea culpa, without ever admitting what wrong he did. He never, let's just say... Right now, to this day, he has never apologized for any of it. He's never admitted to any of it. He's never, with everything that's happened, he has not been apologetic, even in a tiny bit. He has not even made a, like, even a backhanded apology or a, or a hollow apology. He just has done fucking nothing. He's even, like, doubled so, down on it a couple times. Yes, he has. And now, and then he's, wormed his way into a very important project. So a guilty gear so guilty gear X uh like XX uh reload um I I can't remember which what it is at the moment. Just it doesn't come by uh but in any case it had a major major net code project where they were putting in rollback code essentially into the into the guilty gear. Uh, this updated version of Guilty Gear. And and it's a pretty big project, and a lot of people are very excited about it, myself included, as being an old classic Guilty Gear XX player. Like, I was really excited to have, like, good netcode for it. But he apparently had wormed his way into that, in a trying to kind of backdoor his way back into the, back into the games industry, you know, without ever sort of, you know, with no, you know, no remorse. And, well, as it, he tried to make it out to where he was like the most important person of this thing. He was the only person who knew the code and the project. 
Turns out that's not fucking true even in the least. He just, he made it seem as if, and he sold himself as if he was an essential part of this net code. Because, I mean, Skullgirls has been known for having good net code. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't an essential part of this project. He wasn't like the lead engineer, but he portrayed himself as such. And then, and as a result, you know, uh, the net, the Guilty Gear people poorly chose to include him in the project. And so that's also super scummy. Like, he's just a fucking total fucking scumbag. I mean, just everything about him is awful. Just absolutely terrible. Does not, you know, nobody should be giving this man work. Nobody. Fucking nobody. I mean, like I said, they had already, you know, the publishers for Skullgirls had already cut ties and said, and everybody at Lab Zero left, and Lab Zero collapsed because there's literally nobody left in that fucking company. And then he tries to, yeah, backdoor his way back into the industry in a, in a very nefarious and absolutely fraudulent, fraudulent manner. So, yeah. Um, any other... Well, I think that <laughs> about covers it, yeah. Like it's... yeah. I think that, yeah, I think that about covers it. So, yeah, fuck you for ruining things that I like. Skullgirls and Indivisible. Indeed. Get in, the, get in the fucking sack, Mike Zymont. Mike Z. Fuck you. And so we do have at least one kind of fun... Uh, this has been a downer year for, I think, the Krampus cast. Like, we historically aren't quite, of, quite this down, I guess. It's more of an upbeat, kind of jokey manner to it, I guess. But we do have two, I guess, kind of final video game-specific ones to talk about as part of this. And I think kind of... Let's talk about GameStop real quick. <laughs> and they're just a horrible hot take on the year 2020. Uh, GameStop mm. and by itself often lands itself on this list just for its questionable business practices. Like, it's GameStop. You, you know why it's here on a base level. Like, it's it continues <laughs> to kind of baffle us in a, yeah, you guys are dying, stop flailing, maybe try to find a way to adapt type of way. But no, no. Um, it lands itself on our list this year specifically for the physical retail branch of it and its treatment of its workers, admittedly, during this whole COVID pandemic, which if you were to make a list of businesses that need to have a physical presence, I really want to know how you justify GameStop being open during COVID. And it, before you kind of take the sense of, well, people need jobs and stuff like that, yes, we get it, and that's a whole other political topic we don't have the time or kind of right the right place to talk about that as part of this podcast but it was the fact that GameStop chose to be one of the longest to hold off on not closing and then also was one of the first to try and get back open and were kind of publicly defying quarantine with some frequency and had the most outspoken group of employees basically saying we don't want to be here we really don't want to be here there's no reason we need to be open like yeah, well, I mean, it was also specifically with, like, GameStop doing yeah. nothing to try to, like, help them. Because they, first of all, they deemed themselves, I think you had already mentioned it, they deemed themselves essential, and that's how they, tra- to, like, it's how they try to stay open during all this. It was like, oh, well, people need video games, so if they're going to be quarantined, like, and they decide to stay open. But on top of that, it was not only that, it was, 
this whole like situation of them not giving any kind of support to their fucking employees. Like it was yeah, no PPE, yeah. no nothing like that. Like, well, it, it's one of those ones where even if we were talking about like, okay, your guys are going to do kind of curbside drop off for games, you'd be like, okay, cool, that's a acceptable alternative. No, this was people coming into stores, no mask requirements, no nothing. Like, and on top of that, you had the whole Snapchat thing. Like, do the best free video for your store as a manager, and you'll get some extra hours. You'll still have to work them, but we'll pay you a little bit more. This is how we kind of choose to interpret it at the time. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was it was make a viral video on TikTok or or, or thing. Oh and yeah. One of the prizes was you could work on Thanksgiving or Black Friday and get overtime for it. Like, yeah, the prize is more work or the opportunity to work more. Which was, I think, peak late stage. Yeah, if you're looking for kind for of sure. like a, a maximum surprise dystopia moment of the year, like it's hard to kind of argue against GameStop's like weird TikTok thing of being like, we did not see this coming. Like a lot of other things we could have guessed might happen, but you guys running a TikTok challenge for worker hours? Like, fuck, I've never come up with that one, even being sarcastic. Yeah, holy shit, I totally yep. forgot about that. Yeah, How God, could I forget that, that so fucking bad. hot take from that? Yeah. yeah. But yes, for your natural game stoppiness, for your treatment of your employees, and for your fucking viral challenge, join your brethren in the sack, my dear GameStop. Uh, maybe next year will be the year you go unscathed, but probably not! Ah, uh, yeah. The thing, the thing that bothers me, too, about the GameStop thing, in particular, and it hurts to have to fucking dislike GameStop, in this yeah. sense, is fucking Reggie from Nintendo works at I, GameStop now. Yeah. Well, and <sighs> you know my perspective on this. I, I know you're a big fan of the FISA my friend, but, like, his involvement with GameStop should mean nothing to you. Like, Good people get involved in bad things all the time, and vice versa. And I, I know we're used to thinking of Reggie as the friendly Nintendo giant, but, like, he wasn't always the friendly Nintendo giant. He used to work for fucking Pizza Hut at one point, and while there's nothing inherently evil about Pizza Hut except for, you know, Pizza Hut, but man's a businessman doing business bullshit, and yeah, if you're looking for a place to do business bullshit, GameStop's not a bad place, hypothetically, and, like, I'm not going to yeah. say, like, Reggie's indirectly responsible for all of this stuff, but, like, still part of GameStop at this point. Like, don't let your fond memories of Mr. Fisame kind of in any way impact your perspective on him and him now at GameStop kind of thing. Like, he made a conscious decision. Like, it's... Like, well, I think he's more of an advisory yeah, board for GameStop. Yeah. He's not... doesn't really have that much power there, I'm going to say. That's fair. Okay. Yeah, it seems like this is kind of his, like, retirement job. It definitely is kind of that you, vibe to it, yeah, like... Where he's mm. he's on an advisory board, but it's like, he's not, like, chairman or, like, has a VP position there or something. Yeah, and it, it's also one of those ones where kind of, like, it's just by injecting something good, hypothetically, into GameStop. Doesn't... Like, a, you shouldn't like Reggie still. It's like It's like... Why do you actually like Reggie? Because of his kind of E3 presence for Nintendo, a company that during Reggie's time made some 
real questionable missteps on some hardware and pissed off a lot of their fans. Like, not Reggie's fault necessarily, but like, just to kind of him as the fun spokesperson, and that's a fine relationship to have, but none of us know what he's like as a business person, so it maybe makes total sense he's at GameStop. It's like, okay, how do I scuttle this company and make the most money? Which I'm not saying he's doing, but also very well might. Like, business people do business things all the time. They're not often kind of nice. But yes, GameStop getting the sack, take your beatings, defeat the Switch. A Switch, a Switch that you probably sold someone. <laughs> it's yeah. weird saying the Switch part of it now in this post-Switch world. Like it, like it, it says in pictures hitting like a bag with a Switch on a stick or something. It's like, this is the worst tool for this job ever. <laughs> yeah. It keeps drifting. Yeah. This Joy-Con <laughs> is terrible for this. I keep missing. Touché. All right, we're going to kind of close it out this year if we just kind of get to addressing COVID, period, because I think COVID's enough of a topic in the gaming space that we'd be irresponsible not to bring it up as part of the Krampus cast. But, uh, again, this one's kind of like a... This one hurts me a little bit. It's been a bit of a problem for a long time, but the uh, the video game console scalping this year has just been out of goddamn control, and I think yeah. it's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. They bought up loads i mean it's to the point that at least in england some legislators have actually written up uh, they want to pass a law to make scalp like make scalping illegal like or like or video game scalping have like some pretty serious consequences like like to make scalping illegal basically um this you know sort of reselling i, I think I don't. I haven't read the law, so I don't know how specific it gets or how it delineates. You know, like a reseller versus you know a scalper or whatever. But in any case, yeah, really, really bad. I mean, I saw some of the prices going for some of the consoles. Yeah. Well, if you're sitting Real there going bad. like, "Oh, it's just the PS5s that's the problem right now," no, no, no. It was the switches. Them. It was the Xboxes, and now it's the PS5s kind of thing. Like this is yeah. like. We we didn't talk about it much at the time, but you could not find a switch for yeah. months at the start of this pandemic because people were scalping them. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was a whole mess. It's like, okay, the kids are stuck at home. What do we do? Animal Crossing. Yeah, it's start to finish. It's been a kind of a weird year for that, definitely. And I think video game console scalpers are truly sack worthy this year. Get in the sack, take uh, take your beatings with the Switch you probably bought online and then try and sell it a 400% markup, you fucking human piece of shit. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and seeing some of the kind of mental dissonance around this stuff has been fascinating, where it's like, oh, capitalism. No, they're going after my Vigima games with their capitalism. It's like, yes, this was always the problem. Not my Vigia. Not my Vigia games. But... Yeah, that does it with the game-specific stuff, I guess. Let's talk about kind of just 2020, because a lot of the kind of topics we've all the topics we kind of danced around some are indicative of 2020. You've had a variety of companies make just bang up decisions when it comes to people's livelihoods, and there's a lot to cover as part of this topic. We're just not going to go into because we are a gaming podcast at the end of the day. But I don't think we, as people that run this podcast, could in good conscience call this our Krampus cast, at least acknowledging that 2020 is its own 
fantastic sack worthy applicant. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Just all of twenty twenty. Yeah, just twenty twenty. If you've lost loved ones or family or even just kind of acquaintances that you cared about as part of this, we feel for you. If you've lost your job as part of this, we hope this podcast has been kind of maybe nice escapism through all of this. We've tried our hardest. Um, if you've done okay through all of 2020, be thankful for that. Like a lot of people have not been so lucky. I think kind of in the grand scheme of things, the three of us have done kind of a whole picture relatively okay by comparison, but like I've lost some family during some of this. Alex lost some people he cared about. Henry's been kind of thrown to the turmoil on this. Like we we get it. Every it's, it's hard out there for just about everyone, even if you're getting lucky on this topic. And it's not helped by the fact that a variety of companies have taken this time to just act real shitty. And to all of them we say, Welcome to the sack, take your beatings, and we can only hope next year's a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, but at, and kind of, and this is a bit of a somber mood to close out our podcast on this week. But at the same time, like you're expecting 2020 to kick in, or at the end, at at 12:01 midnight, uh, 2021, if you expect things to suddenly magically be better, you're gonna have a bad time. Like it's gonna be a whole other year, or at least the fallout from a lot of stuff that happened this year. And I'm not saying don't enjoy yourself, but like be prepared for things to keep getting worse for a little while longer. We'll be here. We'll keep doing this podcast and until something truly terrible happens. Hopefully you're enjoying that. Hopefully we're providing you with a nice way to get out of this stuff. But yeah, no. Um, Fuck 2020, I think is a pretty compared, shared consensus around the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with yeah. you on that. Yep. I'm in on that. Indeed. Well, yes, that's our podcast. Hope you enjoyed. It's obviously a little bit different format. Next week is Game of the Year. We're going to fight about some video games, and I, for one, am really excited for this Game of the Year fight because, <laughs> like, there's so many weird things. Like, I at one point put, like, Cyberpunk 2077 on the most disappointing Game of the Year list as, like, a joke before it came out, and now that we're in a post-that-thing-releasing world, I'm like, yeah! Let's fight about this, actually! Like, I am fired up. Maybe it's, maybe it's like, all my, like, resentment about 2020 is kind of buried deep down, but I have the burning vigor on this one. I'm prepared to go to the mat. I know you two are as well. Uh, it's it's always my favorite show of the year to do in some ways. I love the Krampus cast, it's good to be super cynical, but, like, if you're looking for our most, like, peak talking about video game bullshit podcast, it's our Game of the Year stuff, and I hope you enjoy. It will show up next week. Um, in the meantime, for that, though, happy holidays. Stay safe out there. Have some fun, but also be responsible about it. We want to keep you as listeners. Um, I think we at Wicked Awesome Cast can wish you all happy holidays, whatever the hell they wind up being. Hanukkah's over, so that doesn't qualify. Yeah, no. Um, anything you guys want to say to the listeners before we close it out? Um, I guess I'll just go with the, you know, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning into the podcast and all that stuff. Like I know Charlie shared like the growth we had over the year uh, and all that, and I can say I really, you know, we appreciate you guys. We like to banter and say a bunch of dumb shit here and there, and. Um, yeah, I think part of the reason I generally keep doing this podcast is just because I really enjoy the medium and, like, reaching out to you guys, and, like, when we when we get emails and all that stuff, like, I'm always, it's always nice to know that, like, people have questions and follow-ups, or people are concerned about my well-being when I do dumb shit, like, 
Was it? What was the last dumb thing I did that we were playing Shadowlands? Last thing I did was playing Shadowlands. <laughs> yeah, Shadowlands, or just being a degenerate on that, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, like I, I genuinely appreciate all the emails and stuff that we get, and so in a way, way, like this year, I'm thankful for you guys. It's been a rough year for me, and uh, I gotta say the podcast was was nice, and it was nice being a part of it. So. Uh, to all you listeners, I mean, if you haven't written in before, we'd appreciate yeah. you guys writing in and saying something if you want. If not, and you don't feel comfortable doing that, that's fine. Just keep tuning in, and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we get it. So, um, yeah, thank you guys. Unless that's it for me. You got anything, Henry, or we kind of covered it? Um, I all right. So well, I just want to mention that yeah, on social media, I'm Kraken Zero. That's spelled Z E R Zero. And that's on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Twitch, and YouTube. I've been starting to post a few of my, like, kind of highlights and clips on YouTube as well, but there are also VODs on my Twitch stream, but they will be last longer on my YouTube channel. But, yeah, um, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I haven't been streaming the past week. I was just really busy. Just had a lot of It's been a weird week, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I'm. But I plan to start streaming again probably this week. I'll probably stream some, do some streams this week. Just there again, it's. And for me personally, like this, this podcast has been pretty meaningful to me. I mean, like, I mean, I'm doing this with two friends, but also it feels like there's just like, I'm really thankful for. There's a really cool community that's that of listeners here that I'm very thankful for that. I'm very happy for that, that some, I mean, yeah, I'm overjoyed when people send in email, but also I'm just happy that people listen to this and maybe hopefully they, they bring some in, have some enjoyment out of hearing three friends just either gush, gush about a game or completely trash it. (laughs) But Uh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, we try to make it fun around here for you, the listeners. Like, you are why we like the, the joke me and Jeff had back when we were doing this. We would do this anyway, kind of thing, and I think that vibe is still a little bit around where we do this because we think it's fun. But the fact that people listen to this, we also think it's fun. Like it's need people come and listen, and hang out. Yeah. I think that does it for this yeah. week. So, and kind of as festive yeah. as a festive a way as we can. Cue the metal. Yeah.